Hello and welcome to Starcast. I'm Joe Stark, and tonight I am talking with Sage Kelly. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's good to I'm... talk to you. Yeah, I know. It's been a, it's been a long time coming, man. <laughs> I've been waiting for you forever, dude. Oh, I I know, I know. I'm I'm slowly getting at that list of people. <laughs> yeah, you said February, so <laughs> I said February. I'd start getting after it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, that's fair. That's fair. Maybe I was just too I was too eager that. <laughs> yeah, some context. Um, uh, Sage and I know each other through the Leftover Army page on Facebook, which is a it's it's a fan site for uh, the left. Uh, pop culture leftovers podcast and it's a bunch of like-minded people that are into pop culture and a uh, fun group fun group i've met a lot of really awesome people through it and uh starcast wouldn't exist uh without it and so i take every opportunity i can to have people from the leftover army on and uh like sage was just saying <laughs> it was like in january i think when i was really kicking out a lot of episodes yeah. I put a post up saying, you know, hey, if you want to be on StarCast, hit me up. And so I do have a list I'm working through. If you're on the list, I will get to you, I swear. Eventually, <laughs> just, you have to push it. Yes, yes. But see, when I made the list, that's when I was doing two or three episodes a week. Right. And, and then it was like, oh, I, started, I fell behind in so many other aspects of my life. <laughs> hey, man, I give you credit, though, man. I mean, you're doing like three-hour podcasts, so I, <laughs> that takes more effort than anything else. So, I, you know, it's fine. I'm not upset. I had to bait <laughs> you with a Chris Evans story, but you replied almost immediately, so it was all good. I'm, I'm happy I'm here. I got, the, I got the NFL draft on in the background. This is like my Christmas today. Um, this oh, is nice. the day I wait for all year. So if I, if I stop and scream, I'll make sure I do it away from the mic. But I'm very excited what's going on here <laughs> outside of the podcast. So that might be terrible radio, but I'm yeah. still here. I'm still here. I'm, it, I'm listening to you, Joe. It, it is all good, my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll just turn, like, uh, let's see. Have you heard much of Bill Burr's stand-up comedy? Not really, no. I actually don't watch much stand-up comedy. Why? Okay, so Bill Burr's got a, a bit, and this was be two specials ago uh-huh. where he's like why do you watch the gra- the draft he's like they're all going to be in the paper the next day <laughs> like, I mean, okay and he does sure. an impression of like what like all the players say like like oh thank god it's a yeah, great yeah. team and my and, mother uh, yeah <laughs> same shit the last 30 guys said <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean okay you're not wrong i mean there's a like, lot I've never even seen lot. the draft and i can laugh at that fucking joke yeah i mean you're right but and there's a lot of things that you can say about just being a sports fan in general, and I can't really argue about most of them. And it is a lot of time wasted, but gives me something to talk about. So I mean, <laughs> I, I love it. I love it, man. It gives me something to be excited about too. So, dude, my, it is what it is. My idea is that everybody needs to have a thing. When you when you don't have a thing, that's when like you know, idle hands of the devil's play thing. Right. Yeah, you need something to occupy yourself, something to be obsessive over. And the people who are into sports, like, I'm happy for you. I am. Well, that's awesome. Well, also, <laughs> I just, I don't get it, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, here's the thing, all right? And here, here's the thing that I tell everyone when they try to give me this spiel about, like, oh, well, sports, you know, I don't, I don't get why you're into them. Man, I have never had an issue with being friends with a girlfriend's dad. 
because I know every damn sport. And it has always worked out for me <laughs> with having a conversation with any alpha male here on the planet. I'm talking bars. I'm talking work. I'm talking, like I said, girlfriends, dads. I always have something to talk about with people. And it has helped me from being socially awkward <laughs> because there's always something to fall back on. Because who the fuck wants to talk about the weather, especially now? So, <laughs> Okay, hold on. Let me cross that off the list. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we can go into climate change if you want, but I would rather not. <laughs> yeah, so before we started recording, we were talking about how neither of us are going to see Infinity War tonight. We are recording yeah. this on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, we're depressed together. <laughs> right. Uh, I, I, man, I just can't do it. I can't do it. I, it, it's so many people, and your chances of being with people that are like either too excited which i'm not that type of person or just really obnoxious because they know that like this is it this is the big movie they're gonna go see it but really have no fucking clue what they're doing or, or why they're there it's it, i just avoid it honestly i would rather go see a movie after it's been out for a while it's just the issue with with avoiding spoilers really yeah yeah and, and i only got to make it a couple days i got tickets for saturday morning oh, okay so you're really soon yeah yeah i i a lot of the big ones lately, like the MCU movies and stuff, I've been trying to see on opening weekend. And right. it's mostly just because there's so many pop culture podcasts I listen to. I don't want to get, you know, I want to listen to the episode. Right. It kind of clears out. Yeah. If you don't see it, you don't really have any podcast to listen to, like for the first week. Yeah. So I <laughs> feel like, okay, let's see what, what interesting, but maybe strange person Joe Rogan's talking to because he's yeah, going to exactly. do six episodes this week. You know? Exactly. Hey, I love listening to Joe Rogan, man. That dude is just, he is batshit crazy. <laughs> it's, it's fun. He is, he is just the epitome of like a meathead <laughs> that thinks that he's like really, really uh, woke for lack of a better term. But he's fun. He's fun to listen to, man. I listen to every podcast that I can get my hands on, man. Because you never know. You never know what you're gonna what you're gonna learn from them. But uh, yeah, are you are you, you're excited for Infinity War? I'm guessing. Are you more excited than you have been for any of the other ones? Um, yeah, probably. I mean, you know, this is the one where there should be the start of some big changes coming, and you know, it has been building to this. We've been seeing so much teasing of Thanos and stuff. So it, it ought to be pretty good. I got my fingers crossed that it's not going to suck. And, you know, early reviews so far have all spoken pretty highly of it. Yeah, I don't think it can suck, right? I mean, <laughs> you, it, there's so much going into this and there's so many different different characters. And the the only issue that I could see is potentially if they uh, if they don't give enough time to develop, you know, these this large cast of characters. But I guess it's kind of unimportant to talk about it right now because everyone's going to have seen it by the time this yeah. comes out. So. <laughs> so I guess we're wasting breath, right? Yeah. Joe and Sage got together to do some last-minute speculation. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah, had mere like, minutes to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. I mean, yeah, you're right. Like, literally near minutes. Dude, that would be hilarious to release a podcast the same week that all the other podcasts are actually talking about the movie, but you're speculating about it because you don't like seeing them on opening weekend. <laughs> Look, but we're making a podcast for the people like us that can't see it on the day. This is genius. We're just going to keep it rolling. So instead, we speculate about how the people felt watching it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I bet you they're happy. I bet you they're having a good time. I, I know I would. <laughs> 
I would have a great time, but I'm here with you. So we're going to do what we're going to do. <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I, I haven't really speculated much on it. Uh, it's kind of been in the back of my mind because I, I mean, what can you do? It's different than Star Wars where Star Wars has so much like information that comes out. Or maybe I've just been avoiding it as much as possible. But it's like I think we kind of know where this is going, right? I know on the uh, on the pop culture leftovers, you know, like their main podcast that they, they've talked a lot about what they think is going to happen in the second and third act and stuff. And it all just kind of seems legit to me. And I've just kind of taken it at face value of just being like, yeah, this is probably what it's going to be. So I haven't really been looking much into it or speculating at all. Yeah, same here. I I try to go into things as just open-minded as possible. Like I I think I really enjoyed the last Jedi because I didn't go into it with any expectations of this is what they're going to tell me and this is developments that I'm going to see and this is a question they're going to answer. Exactly, yeah. You liked the last Jedi then? I did. I liked it a lot. Oh, you liked it a lot. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you know that's where I stand then, right? <laughs> you were less than impressed, I take it. Oh, uh, less than. Yeah, man. It, it, it was very upsetting for me. It was oh, very upsetting. That, that, and, and, you know, I, I can understand because I've been there before. And, right. And, yeah, but the, this one, it didn't rub me the wrong way. I the, the only negative I had to say about it is as the second act was finishing up, I thought it was going to be the end of the movie. And then I was like, holy fuck, we still got another act to go. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And, and I so mean, it felt a little long, but but I still liked it. You, when you say that you've been disappointed before, do you mean Phantom Menace? Um, no. The first time I saw Phantom Menace, I really liked it. It was on rewatch, and then the rewatch was uh, some time later. And I, when I went and saw Phantom Menace, it was on opening night, and that was when they were doing like eleven thirty, uh-huh. you know, releases, and so. It it just happened on the fly. My sister's boyfriend came over and he's like, "Hey, my sister waited in line for three days and got tickets. Do you want to go see oh. this?" And and Jamie was like, "No, I I don't want to." And Steve's like, "Do you want to go?" And I'm like, "Fuck yeah, I want to go." Right. <laughs> and yeah. so yeah, it just like I just walked up from the basement out of my room and then you know there's Steve asking if I want to go see Star Wars, and it's like, yeah, dude. I mean, this was you know, pretty much pre-internet. I mean, dial-up days. So, you know, yeah. it isn't like you were seeing trailers at whim and stuff like that. So it was just like right. any little TV spot. I was so excited. And I went into it, and there was there was uh, people battling with fake lightsabers up at the front. One dude was dressed like cosplayed like uh, Darth Maul, and the other guy was cosplaying like um, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And so it was all out. It was so cool. Like, there was yeah, such yeah. an awesome vibe in there, and it was so awesome. And then the next time I watched it, I went what the fuck? I do not remember Yoda looking like that. Why does he look yeah. so cracked out and fucking crazy? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so you think it was just the, the overall, like uh, the atmosphere and the vibe that made you enjoy it as much as you did. Yeah. Yeah. And, and probably some shiny new toy syndrome too. Yeah, that's true. I mean, look, I was sh- shit. I was three when it came out. So I, <laughs> I, I, that's I honestly, awesome. I like it. I like it. So I wasn't there for that moment. I remember like, like having a like toys of it before it came out, like being excited for it. But man, I was I was three or four, so like I, I yeah. I, so this was like so these first two Star Wars movies were really the first ones that I was uh, conscious enough, if that makes sense, to be like to have criticism of it going into it. Uh-huh. So because I, I was like fairly 
old for the for Revenge of the Sith, and I remember going with all my friends, and I was probably in like fourth or fifth grade, and I enjoyed it. But looking back in hindsight, like it's totally different now. So going into to the Force Awakens was like the weirdest experience for me in my entire life because I grew up on Star Wars and I cried like a baby. And I think it was the first time I've ever like I've ever done that uh, at at really any type of event like that. And it was like wild to me. So I can only imagine the fact that you've been able to like really kind of do it twice in your life. Yeah, I you know, obviously I was too young to go and see I was born in eighty, so I didn't yeah. go and see any of the original ones in the theater, but I went and I <laughs> I saw the remastered George Lucas ones mm. that when they first came out. Mm-hmm. And I was excited. I didn't mind all the changes they did in the first one when I saw it when I was younger. Yeah. Um, the, I, the, some of them I dislike now, but some of them I, I don't mind. I don't mind that the explosions look updated. When, when they take the explosions a little too far on some of them, you yeah. know, it's like, hey, you, you didn't need to make that look like it was a spectacular fucking firework, you know? Yeah, and this was the, I'm guessing this was like the first um, re-release, right? Because there's two, right? Because the second one is like was like in the early 2000s, I believe, right? Or am I... Or, or, Am I behind? I was, I was thinking it was in the '90s when they first yeah that's released the first it in one. the theaters, and I don't I don't know if they did second ones or not. I I don't remember that, but I do remember going and see them in the theater with my dad. Maybe it's and just Blu-ray or some or DVD like when they because I thought like they uh, did a re-release of the the prequels. I think because people were telling me that if you buy the new ones now, they redid Yoda so he doesn't look all cracked out like he did in the theatrical releases, Phantom Menace. Right. Well, uh, I mean, I, I guess an example would be um, Boba Fett's voice was the guy that played Jango Fett in in the most recent one. But that wouldn't have been in the 90s. Right. So they've definitely updated it since then. Oh, wow. They did it twice. That's dirty. I didn't yeah, even they know that. did. Because because <laughs> the jo- I remember when I was a kid because I'd, I'd never seen the fucking originals, unfortunately. And I remember when I was a kid, like the, the ones that we had, like at the end of um, – at the end of the movie on the VHS, it would like go over the changes. And th- there's the Jabba scene where um, in the first one where Han Solo is like when they're about to board the Millennium Falcon, Jabba's there. And apparently that wasn't in the original. But he looks so awful, even for the time, <laughs> even for the early 2000s. He looks so bad. Yeah, I, I did not like that little bit of CGI added in, especially Han steps on his tail and his yeah, eyes yeah, bug yeah. out. It's like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> And you, like it just lifts, it lifts Harrison Ford like over him, like he's stepping over his tail, but like he really doesn't go over. It's just like, <laughs> oh yeah, it's awful, man. <laughs> it's awful. The most egregious thing they added was that extra singing in Jabba's palace in Return of the Jedi. Oh, see, I I like, grew up with that. Man. Oh God, it's I remember when it wasn't there, and it's like so gross. It's the point where I, like I almost want to like close my eyes and plug my ears for. <laughs> Like fucking twenty seconds or so, it's on. Right, because I guess it's kind of like it, eternally. It's kind of like Muppet movie changed or something like that, right? Like it's kind of oh, yeah. it's super silly. But I grew up with it, man. I used to sing that song when I was a kid. That little hairy looking like <laughs> alien dude. That was my shit back in the day, man. I, I love it. And and Return of the Jedi is actually my favorite, hands down. I mean, it's no argument for me, which I know is really weird too. No, I love that one too. I mean, Empire's my favorite, but um, I've always been a fan of Return of the Jedi because I used to watch that one a lot when I was a kid. Yeah, I, I mm-hmm. remember my cousin had a um, oh fucking now I'm blanking on his name. What was the the real talkative Ewok, the one that was hanging out with Leia the whole time? 
Oh, uh, oh shit! I know I, I put you on the spot. It's too. like a ratchet. It's like something like close to that. It's like, uh, oh man, <laughs> people are losing their fucking minds. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, sorry, my my <laughs> my cousin had had a plushie of that that was fucking awesome, and she'd yeah. always leave it at my grandma and my grandma's house, uh-huh. and I'd always want to be like, I'm taking this home, and grandma would be like, You can't. That's not yours. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Those memories are great, cool. though, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I used to be. Yeah, I used to be that way with like a lot of stuff, man. It was like my dad had the original, like uh, I guess it would be like twelve-inch Star Wars, like original Star Wars. Like I guess would that be considered a doll? I don't even know. You know, uh, they didn't even like move their arms really. And oh, like the fi- used- like the the real old school figures. Yeah, the tall ones, yeah. though, like the G.I. Joe size ones. And he used to have them at my grandparents' house. And, man, I, yeah, I remember I used to try to take them home, too, because I thought it was the coolest shit in the world. So it, Star Wars, man, it's just it's so multimedia that I think everyone has just a different connection to it. Like, like for me, I think I was more astonished by the video games that were coming out around it because that's just how old I was. Like uh, when, when Knights of the Old Republic came out, like I was like, like really young and I was just so into just like just the lore about it and it did more for me than the movies at the time had just because it was like so much deeper and then you have just awesome action figures throughout its entire lifespan for better or for worse and it's just like it's just so there's just so much Star Wars that it's like everyone has some type of connection to it in some sort of way I think yeah I mean how could you not oh the name was fucking Wicket (laughs) Wicket okay okay I said Ratchet I was pretty close it's like the hood, the hood wicket. That's great. You find things when you're not looking for them. <laughs> did you just cut? Did you just remember that? It just popped into my okay, head. Okay, that was impressive. That was impressive. <laughs> but yeah, Star Wars, man. I, I, I'm a big fan. I, I love it. It's the only thing that makes me cry when I see it, man. I even cried during the Last Jedi, as much as I hated it. So, and yeah. then almost cried again after I saw it because I was so upset. are you looking forward to the next one though no not at all not at all (laughs) no that's a bummer dude yeah i mean i'll I'll go see it but like it 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 ruined it for me man i just i have no interest like i'm not intrigued uh as to what will happen in the next one you know it it, it's kind of like this one just tied up it tied up all the loose ends just kind of like in a uh, obviously in an unsatisfactory way um and the things that I was excited to see that I thought were going to unfold throughout the trilogy are, are, are over. Snoke's dead. We, I'm guessing that we know who Ray's like parents are. I guess it really is nobody unless we get some surprise in the next one. But it's almost like you shouldn't have surprises in the third one because it's the end, right? You kind of want to see how the surprises unfold. So in Empire, you find that, that, that Vader's Luke's dad, and then you're going, oh, shit, how is this going to unfold in the third movie? So... The fact that we that everything just kind of like like what what am I going into the next one excited about figuring out like what's gonna happen with Kylo Ren and and Ray like okay one of them's like either one of them's gonna die or someone's gonna like turn sides like that's it there's no other questions if that makes sense yeah the, I, I, the, there's nothing for me to look forward to like I have no questions or anything going into it yeah I have no idea where it can even go. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, there's, it, I don't feel like they laid any breadcrumbs or anything. Right. And so it'll be interesting to when we see it, if if we do find that there were some that were just totally like, oh, okay. 
I mean, you know, we had that little bit at the end with the the kid using the force with the broom. And right. Yeah. And you know, like is that just to symbolize that, you know, stories of the resistance are circulating around to oppressed people and yeah. and you're going to get like, you know, the resistance is you know, all but gone right now, but you know, like they are the ember that'll light the fire or whatever. Like, I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting. I want to know how big of a time jump there's going to be too. Cause it feels like there would have to be some sort of time jump. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess now that I think about it, I am interested just to see what the hell they are going to do because everything feels so wrapped up. So I guess if I look at it that way, I am kind of interested, but I kind of feel like the thing with the child at the end was just kind of like some Disney magic bullshit. And then it actually, <laughs> like, I don't think it's really going to mean much, right? Like I, I get what you're saying. That's like the fact that, that info that, you know, rumors are spreading much like they did in the initial trilogy, but like you, we're not going to see kid Jedis, right? Unless at the end we get like a time jump and Ray has like a, a new school or something like that. But it's like, what really is going to happen? I'm just not intrigued. And all the characters are gone that I really care about. But if we see kid Jedis, are they going to have weird little rat tails? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I can't even begin to explain why that's a thing. That is awful. <laughs> I, I remember being a kid and not even thinking that shit was cool. Just being like, yo, that's kind of, cut that off, man. <laughs> It's like, what is that, 10% of a mullet? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> that's the beginning of a mullet. That's like the first stage of growing it out. <laughs> I mean, I would like to see, like, a redneck Jedi. That would be pretty cool, but not the rat tail. <laughs> not the rat tail. Man, I was not <laughs> expecting to talk about Star Wars. I thought that was, like, long and gone. This is already taking a turn. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I was Damn, yeah. You can be going. I can talk about Star Wars for a long time, man. I grew I, up on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, me too. And that's what's crazy about it. It's like the, the, there's an age gap between us, but man, and there's an age gap between me and my father, but everyone grew up on Star Wars if, if you let it happen. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's an amazing thing. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah, it is. <laughs> it's just, it blows my mind, man, that one, you know, George Lucas just came up with this, this kind of really simple idea off the get go. And it just became this phenomenon, not even really a phenomenon. It's like a way of life, kind of like just <laughs> just being a Star Wars fan. And like, it's great. It blows my mind when I think about it, especially as like a writer, like, man, if I could just come up with something like even like seeing like young adult novels that blow up like the Hunger Games or something like that. Like, man, how the fuck do you come up with an idea that just ends up being so culturally impacting, even though it's not like, I don't know, what does Star Wars really say? It's just a hero's journey so i don't know it's 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 interesting to think about yeah yeah i mean and it is one of those things you think about as a writer too where it's like wow what what would that be like if you did write something that blew up and wow yeah 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 i mean you know pretty fucking crazy (laughs) right yeah like so you just uh you finished a book recently right yeah yeah i'd actually written it in in 2009 and then i got uh, really distracted by rock climbing for like close to a decade. Okay. And then got some injuries and had to sideline climbing. And then that's when I picked up comic books again and it kind of reignited my creativity. And I was like, I had to finish this friggin' thing. Cause I had it all but done. And so, yeah, I finally got around to publishing it, but then I've been writing again. I've started mm-hmm. writing new projects and 
Oh, I forgot how much I loved it. How, how um, this might be like no one might like probably no one cares about this, but I'm just interested because this is kind of the career path that I'm going down now. How was your process? Uh, who do you have an agent or, or how do oh, you go through? No, my my stuff is totally self published. Um, okay, through uh, Amazon has their their Kindle Press. Okay, and if you just format your stuff the right way, you can put it up on on the Amazon Kindle press and it'll be in their digital library. And then from there you can go through and reformat your book again, which is a lot of formatting and it's super boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We kind of discussed <laughs> yeah, it's that super before. boring and time consuming to format your shit. But, right. um, but yeah, once you go through all those processes, then you can, you know, do it as their, um, uh, Amazon print also. Mm-hmm. So, and then it's like a print to order book. So there's no overhead with it. So what, as so are you, doing this in hopes that it will get picked up by somewhere else or are you just happy with with this as a result just having it out there in some way shape or form yeah i just put it out there i mean because it's really the first big thing like that that i've ever released i i got a lot of uh poetry published when i was in okay. high school um i i didn't do like the sort of rhyme and meter poetry it was more more kind of like prose but it still fell into like the same yeah, yeah, poetry yeah. stuff it was it was mostly just creative writing and okay and I, I got a bunch of that stuff published, and and that was pretty cool. And then, um, let's see, it would have been, yeah, kind of the mid-2000s is where I really started writing a lot. And I, and I wrote one manuscript that was about 100,000 words that I had a lot of Holy great... Holy shit! <laughs> I had a lot of great ideas with that one, but uh-huh. uh, but ultimately... I well, what happened was I had that thing all written, and then I just needed to go back and finish like editing it and just tightening up the script and or the manuscript and all that stuff. And right. then I read the Max Brooks uh, Zombie Survival Guide, which if you've uh-huh. ever read that, it's like a textbook for how to survive a, a zombie apocalypse. No, I have not, but I'm writing it down. Oh, it's it's a really fun read, right. and uh, and so that got me thinking. I was like, what would it be like, like a zombie apocalypse, but not. Like there's all sorts of stories that happen right in the apocalypse, but what about like a decade later? Because people are pretty crafty, they'd come up with ways to fight these. And so then I started thinking of like this team that would go into cities and clear out, you know, all these buildings and you know, because after a while, if people get smart and there's not that many more people getting infected, because you know, right. at the beginnings of it, it's going to be really bad. But the people are crafty and survive it. All you got to do is wait for the fuckers to rot. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then especially if you can come up with systems to where it's like, hey, even if a fucking loved one gets bit, you know, I'm sorry, I gotta fucking put a bullet in your head. Yeah, you know what you have to do at this point. It's no more surprise. Yeah, and and if if you can't do it, you know, there's somebody that's watching your family that's gonna step in and do it for you, and you'd have no idea who that person is. Wow, that's actually really interesting because when I first started college, I was actually uh, I was going to school for sound engineering for my first year. And I was still working. I was still taking a bunch of creative writing classes because writing has always just kind of been my natural talent. And I actually had like an idea for a book very similar to that where uh, – and I'm not going to go into much about pitching it because that's like a totally long conversation. But like uh, <laughs> – You want to talk about potential stories, dude. Do it. <laughs> You're not going to offend me. <laughs> and if anybody bitches, it's like it's a free podcast. Fuck you. Let Sage talk. You're right. Well, I – but you, I think you might actually find like this interesting because I wrote like a thesis paper um, that first year on the idea of why 
zombies were becoming such a big thing because this was when the walking dead was like this is it was probably on its like second season maybe even first season it was like blowing the fuck up mm-hmm. and world war z i might be wrong with my timeline but i think world war z was like just about to come out like zombies were just like they were back and they were in a big way and i just like i i sat down and kind of like thought to myself like why is it such a big thing right like because horror movies if they do blow up, if the idea blows up, it, it has to be so it has to be building off of some type of fear, right, that we all have. Even if it's not necessarily like, oh, I have a fear of zombies. There's gotta be something more deep, deep seated. Um I, I'm trying to think of examples. Like vampires, I think is like vampires is more of like a sexual thing, I think. I think people have like written about that. I don't know. But uh I was like thinking why why <laughs> zombies dude. Like, <laughs> right, like there's stuff, like I'm just thinking of like Anne, like Anne Rice novels and shit. It's like really just that was the of, first thing that popped into my head too, dude. I've re- I've read a lot of the Anne Rice vampire books and it's all sex. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so so anyway, I, I kind of came to this realization that um, the the whole zombie craze, in my opinion, I could be totally wrong, but it's like this. It's a it's it's more of a white collar fear than it is blue collar fear because. If this zombie outbreak does happen and civilization itself falls, you know, it just is gone, then the people that will survive are the people that have blue collar abilities. It's the people that have trades. It's the people that can can farm, like, you know, have, have knowledge of agriculture or even, you know, have mechanical knowledge. And motherfuckers that are working, you know, in, in the financial district in their suit and tie, they're, they're useless, man. They went to Harvard or whatever, and they never learned how to, how to fix an engine or, you know, you even can't take run oil. in those dress shoes. <laughs> exactly. So it becomes a sphere. So I was like, Hmm, well, let me do the research and, and see if I can find out like, like the average, uh, like income of people that are like that watch The Walking Dead right now. That, I didn't get the satisfactory answers that I wanted. I was like, I love this. <laughs> yeah, you can tell I'm a journalist at heart, man. I'm always trying to find some type of different, different like backdoor into something. But like, I, I so my idea is that man, like, it, it re- that really has to be what it is because like, why do you fear the zombie apocalypse? Because zombies are slow for the most part. If they're really like, oh, those dead, ones that can run are fucking terrifying though. That's a totally different fucking story. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's just scary in itself. But if I we're know. going, <laughs> if we're going like initial zombies, man, they're slow. And honestly, like you would be able to survive it. But then it becomes the part of civilization being broken down, and um, you know, just not having the ability to survive in the wild. So here's where it gets really fun. <laughs> here's where it gets really fucking weird. So. Um, I, I decided I was going to write this book where basically it happens like, you know, 20, 30 plus years after the zombie apocalypse where, like you said, like people have just learned to control it. Kind of like Shaun of the Dead where they have zombies like pushing shopping carts and shit. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but blue collar society is now the only society because there's no more need for any for for accountants or or lawyers or anything like that. So NASCAR is now the the, <laughs> the national pastime. <laughs> And I was gonna, <laughs> and I, and I was gonna do this whole fucking big like big satirical novel about how like, everyone's like rednecks, and I had Jeff Gordon on the twenty dollar bill, and <laughs> <laughs> and it was rainbow colored. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I wrote I wrote a lot. I think I wrote like twenty five thousand words on this, and uh, I ended up 
falling through with it because I think the zombie thing's over. But I, but I, I don't know the point of saying that. I just thought it was interesting <laughs> that, that you kind of have the same idea where like it's not. Let's talk about what happens after the zombie apocalypse, not during it. We already know what happens during it. Like yeah. So that, yeah, no, that's that raises an interesting question though. Like in historical context, that right. when shit does hit the fan, does people in the upper class that actually don't have the sorts of survival skills is that how something you know like egypt happened where we're left with like these incredible megalithic structures that the people who are there now they don't have a fucking clue how that shit was made it's all guesswork so like what happened to all the people that actually had that knowledge did something catastrophic happen and it was just the real scrappy people that survived and the people that you know were able to like think up the mathematics to do these sorts of feats of engineering did they die out as a result? Like, I don't know. I've never thought of it that way, but th- I thought of that when you were talking about your thesis there. And that's, that's pretty fucking cool. That's actually a really good point because it was probably the people that were actually building it, <laughs> building it that survived, not the people that came up with it. Yeah. That's actually, wow. That's actually interesting. I'm glad you pointed that out. I'm going to look into that. <laughs> I mean, there's I'm no fascinated with megalithic structures because, yeah? well, they, there's so many big fucking blocks of stone where I've seen documentaries where people are like, yeah, we don't know how they moved this. Like we, we couldn't move this today with our biggest, you know, trucks if we, if we had to, and our biggest cranes, yeah. we, we couldn't move this block without breaking it in half. It's like fucking hey, how did, how did people do that? When like most historical records will say, yeah, this, they didn't have metal tools then. It's like, what? Do you, yeah. Do you, do you, uh, do you believe in aliens in all seriousness? Um, I, I think it would be hubris to suggest that they don't exist. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's like, so insofar as that, I would not be surprised at all had aliens visited this earth, but I can also understand the pragmatic view that like, I think it was in episode one of this. I asked uh, my buddy James Wetzel and he's like, there's no way that we've ever been visited by aliens. I'm like, ah, like he, he really pissed in my Cheerios when he said that. I don't believe that whatsoever. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. I've seen weird shit, and and I'm open minded enough. So yeah, I would, I would definitely believe that we've actually been visited before. Do you have any weird alien stories, or have you already gone over this? I don't want to uh, repeat anything. Oh, I'll repeat myself. <laughs> I want to hear a weird alien I'm story. I'm, I don't I, know I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure I had to have talked about this before, but um. Let's see. So one night, me and one of my friends were hanging out out at the river, mm-hmm. and um, my mom and dad have a cabin that's on the Cedar River just south of Center Point, and it was always what, a great what place. You, what state are you talking about? I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. This is in Iowa. Okay, okay. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, so let's see. It was always a good place to go and hang out because it's private property. And right. we can just go out there and, you know, have some beers, sit around a campfire, whatever. And so I spent a lot of time out there with friends when I was in high school and the years thereafter. Right. And um, we were hanging out one night and we were just sitting in his truck and we were facing the river and it was a really starry night. And we we're just looking at all the stars. And then we start noticing that some of the stars are actually moving around and they're coming from. So the river right there, more or less, let's just say runs north and south. Okay. And the lights were coming from the north and the lights were coming from the south and they were in the sky and they were brighter than the stars and clearly moving. And then they all kind of stopped to where I'm thinking it was probably around four of each. So it would have been eight, eight of them all together. And they were like, as you were looking at them, they would have been at about like 10 and two in the sky. Right. Right. And 
they were doing these weird zigzags where they'd be in one spot and all of a sudden they would it would just like arc like in a straight line and it would instantly be a little bit further away and it was almost like a weird ballet where the two sides were doing it like opposingly right yeah and then the this it looked like a bar with like four really bright lights came from out of the horizon which would have been like dead west of us and all the lights the other one stopped moving and they all just kind of stood there for a while with the four bright lights in the middle and then the four other ones off to the sides you know four on each side so there was you know, shitload of lights in the sky, and then yeah. they all dispersed, and then the big, but what looked like a bar with four lights on it, just like sank down below the trees to the west. Shit, dude. And me and Nick looked at each other, <laughs> and we we're like, "What the fuck was?" <laughs> right, all? And right. like all of this, like took place over probably about a span of like ten, fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and a long like, time, actually. It's like, and yeah, like we were a little fucked up out there, but it, like we weren't so fucked up that we're like imagining seeing stars in the sky. We're not like fucked up, like seeing visuals of shit you know it's like we honestly saw weird lights in the sky that moved in ways that we could not like there was no sounds like helicopters jets don't just stop in the sky i've never seen anything that could like move that fast in the sky to where like the the light seriously like it it like streaked and then it would stop like a good distance away like if you were to put your hand up it would have moved like a distance of like at least three fingers you know what i mean Yeah, yeah yeah And like, oh. in terms of just looking at something that's a dot of light up in the sky like that, that's a hell of a distance for it to fucking travel. Right, yeah. So, yeah, we saw some weird shit. And so, yeah, I, I would totally believe that that there's stuff out there that we absolutely do not understand. Well, it's funny that you say that because, um, like, almost every story of, like, seeing UFOs that I've seen from people that, like, actually know how to describe it and aren't super skeptical it's always like that that idea of like da- like lights kind of like dancing with each other like like I mean, it's like they're like you know interacting with each other instead of just being one mm-hmm. one big thing so i think that's interesting that it's like that's a common thread throughout but yeah i, I it, there's no way man like the pyramids are nuts if, if if there wasn't some type of alien interaction then like we something must have happened that we lost some type of i don't know i don't know if we like de-evolved or what but like the 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 fucking pyramids are like what their radius is like pi or something like that like now they're like (laughs) the sixth fucking numbers something like that like dude there's no way that's just a coincidence yeah i mean the mathematics involved to build structures that big and actually have them turn out is is mind-boggling and and they're you know they face true north and right yeah and like Ah, it's mind blowing, but then you see the same stuff with like Mayan architecture in Central America, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's stuff in South America that's mind boggling, and then you got Gobekli Tepe in Turkey, which is fucking altogether mind blowing because that shit was hidden. What's that? I'm not sure if I know what that is. Okay, so Gobekli Tepe is this big hill that's in Turkey that, in I believe the '60s, a farmer struck a rock with his plow and he started digging and it turned out to be the top of like this big massive t-shaped pillar and then a german archaeological team came in and started digging and they found this whole hillside is concentric stone circles that were built buried and then had new ones built on top of to the point where this entire hill is man-made and when you like survey this hill with like um radar ground penetrating radar it shows that there's 20 some of these circular sites no shit yeah and there's like uh base relief carvings in it to where it's the sort of carving where it looks like 
it's coming out of the stone. It's not carved into the stone. Right. You know what I mean? And they've got animals carved into all these fucking pillars and these concentric stone circles that don't even match what animals are native to that area. No. Yeah. And Yo, then the what? two the two really big pillars, the the two sh- the two T-shaped pillars that are in the middle of every circle, those are the things that are shaped like man. And so it's like these two big, like humanoid looking things that, I mean, not really humanoid because it's shaped like a T, but they got like arms and stuff uh, carved into the sides. They're facing each other and then they're ringed with other things, almost like little stone hinges. But then all this stuff on the outside is all carved with like animals and stuff like that. That aren't native to the region. Yeah. And so anyway, since, since this was all purposely backfilled in, they were able to radiocarbon date the backfill and this structure is twelve and a half thousand years old is when it was buried jesus christ dude. Holy <laughs> shit. it predates what the textbooks say uh, uh like with agriculture so it's like they had the capability to build these megalithic structures before they had fucking agriculture yeah okay yeah you're right oh, Damn, it's incredible dude it's totally yeah. incredible um, yeah wow I, and you can't <laughs> you can't tell me man something wasn't here or something didn't happen like they, I don't know. That's yeah. that's wild, man. Gobekli Tepe is fucking fascinating. I'm sure they've talked about it on like ancient aliens and stuff like that too. Yeah, I, I try to avoid that shit as much as possible. See, I I like the stuff they show. I just have to almost put it on mute at times. Yeah, exactly. Because exactly. it's like it's like okay, I love what you're showing me, but it's like quit. You're throwing way too much weird shit at me. Yeah, George. Uh, what's his name? George Giorgio Sukos. I actually yeah, yeah. Uh, Sukolos. Giorgio Sukolos. I actually really like that guy. <laughs> I really, he's nuts, man. I, I like mean, that he's like, nuts. Yeah, he's just his his hair gets wilder like every season, dude. It's just, it's just sticking up further, and I'm like, dude, this man is he's on the verge of losing I his know. fucking vibe. I want to see somebody cosplay as him. They got to get the fro. They got to get the gold jewelry. They got to get like the man satchel. That's actually that's actually a great costume. I know, uh, right? Wow. Yeah, that dude's fucking nuts, man. They just get to like oranger. Every season, too. Like, <laughs> well, I think tan. he's Greek. So. <laughs> that shit's a that's a fake tan. All right, that's not that's not olive skin. Tan, right? <laughs> but yeah, no, he's definitely Greek, man. That's a his last name's what? What's his last name? Sukulos. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's Greek. That's it Greek starts with fuck. a T. <laughs> that's how you know. That's, that's Greek as fuck. Yeah, I, I I can't watch it, man. It's like. Sometimes, like I, I'm, I'm big into conspiracy theories. Like I, I think they're interesting. Not necessarily, I don't necessarily buy into them, but I sometimes, man, that show just gets a little too much for me. It, it's just, it, oh, I like the same this. here, dude. I, I'll talk shit while I'm watching it. <laughs> right? Yeah, I guess that would be fun to do. Yeah, <laughs> ancient astronaut theorists believe. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, <laughs> shut up, yo. <laughs> like, that's your disclaimer that what you're about to hear is all conjecture. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's it's not for me. I'd rather, I, but I, I do the YouTube circuit, and that's almost worse. So I, <laughs> wherever you get your information, man, I guess. But it's all kind. Of, you have to take you have to take everything with a grain of salt. So I I, I can respect every conspiracy theory in some way, shape, or form. But it's the people that are like so into it that they they don't they believe that it's fact. And I'm like, all right, I mean. Oh, the, the flat earth people drive me nuts with the amount of deniability, like just intentional deniability. You know, right. it's just like, come on, man. 
Yeah, there's. You know any? Do you have any personal friends that are flat earthers? No, <laughs> not okay, not, see, not, not that have spoken up to me, but yeah. I could totally see one friend of mine being it just based on the other conspiracy stuff that I know he does believe in. Right, exactly, exactly. It's like a trend, right? It, it, exactly. Uh, it, yeah, it, and I have one that is, and I work. <laughs> it's my best friend, actually, man. And he's a smart dude, but he gets caught up in shit like that, and. uh we worked together over the summer, so we were like in the truck all day together, man. He used to he used to try his best, but I was just like, dude, I was like, man, all right, look, I don't like he would raise up points, and I'd be like, honestly, I don't have the answer to why that's wrong, but I just know as like a intelligent person <laughs> that that can't be correct. Like, like, I can't argue with you, but just pause. Let me come back to this tomorrow once I have done some research. Like, that's just it's. How the fuck do you think that? <laughs> How do you think the Earth is flat, dude? Like what? That shit cracks me up, man. Yeah, uh, well, know. just or the denying that, like NASA's lying. Yeah, but, they, but, but why? Lying. So the the big thing behind every conspiracy theory to me is what is the why? What what would drive people to number one spend the money to cover it up? Because that's what fucking, that's what greases the wheels. That is what makes the fucking world go round. And it would take a shitload of money to keep convincing everybody that the earth is round. For what reason? What, what do they stand to gain by yeah. fucking spending that much fucking resources on tricking us all that the earth is flat? There's a no gain there. It, it, yeah. And the, the, the reason that I've heard, and this is god awful. Is that it's like, oh, well, they don't want us to know that we're different or like special. And I'm like, what the fuck? Do, wh- what? Like, <laughs> like, I don't know if you live in the same world I do, but like we are uh, we're 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 pretty braggadocious. If we had some type <laughs> of special thing about us, we'd be like, yep, yep. I get And I don't think that would fuck with any religion either, because they could be like, yeah, obviously this is the planet that we were put on right so like i don't really get why it would be there's no reason for it to ever be covered up especially like during the cold war like you would think like if there was some big discovery that one of you know either us or russia would have been like look what we just found out motherfucker like like, it would be some type of achievement so it's like i don't i don't know yeah and and that's the only thing that all the world's countries can work together on (laughs) Right, exactly. We we feed everybody, fuck that. Stop going to war, fuck that. Convince everybody the earth is flat, we're all on board. We're all on board, because they would be catastrophic if that shit came out. (laughs) (laughs) They found out we're living on a big frisbee, it's all over, motherfuckers. There would be so many people trying to jump off the side of it and shit. It was like, yeah, earth is not shaped like Asgard, okay? No, God, she's... I can't even fathom it, man. It is so ridiculous, <laughs> dude. I and like lizard people, like so, <laughs> I don't want it. I don't even give that one credence. That's I, just I fucking know. sci-fi that people are taking seriously. <laughs> <laughs> like cheesy, like sci-fi network sci-fi too. Like not even the good <laughs> shit. Like I don't want to offend, like because I know I'm gonna have friends that are gonna listen to this and they're gonna be like they're actually into that shit. So I, I don't want to go. <laughs> I don't want to go too too much into uh, how stupid it is. <laughs> <laughs> but they know. I give them the eye. I give, I give them the uh, Bro, on the real, you think I'm an idiot? It's like, just that one part, dude. Yeah. Listen, man. Lizards. 
I don't think so. I, I don't think Hillary Clinton's a fucking lizard. <laughs> She's like, hey, even the most brilliant gem can have a dull facet. This is just your dull facet. <laughs> I still love you. <laughs> You're still shine in other ways. Oh, uh, shit. That's funny. <laughs> I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that next time. There you go. Oh, oh man. Cause uh, yeah, I have the tendency to uh, to offend people because they'll just be like, "You talk down to me," and I'm like, "No, you just really have a dumb point here." And I'm just trying, I'm trying to, I'm trying you to talk make you... down to me. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know how many times I've heard people say, that. Like, "You're talk down to me." I'm like, no, really, I just like you know, some people need to learn things. Like, <laughs> like, we live in this world where. Oh, God. I had a conversation with a college professor like that. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, my God. He was one of my core graphic design instructors, so I had to do a bunch of classes with him. Mm-hmm. And he was just the sort of person that, like, he he, sh- he, had, he shouldn't have been a teacher. You know, he, he just didn't have the right, like, tact for it, really. Okay. Like, yeah. he was very, very knowledgeable. It was just that, in in some ways, he did not have the people skills to effectively teach those skills. Yeah, it's the number one goal, or the number one attribute I think you should have. Yeah. yeah, and so like he explained this one fairly complicated concept, and he was surprised that nobody had a question, and then he started like berating us that nobody had a question, and I fucking snapped, because it oh, was really? a it was an eight to noon class every day of a summer semester. Holy shit. Yeah, it sucked fucking dick. Yeah, it was with yeah. this fucking guy, and it, my ass was in the same computer chair in front of the same Mac for four fucking hours every day, every morning of the semester. And right. finally, I fucking snapped on this guy, and I'm like, maybe it's because when you answer our questions, you make us feel like we're stupid for asking them. And the whole class collectively went, I was like, I've had it with you and your pencil mustache, you fuck. Oh, you know? no. No, I didn't go so far and say that, oh, okay, but that was what okay. my tone was conveying. <laughs> uh, some, what, it, what was his reaction, though? Uh, he got defensive. <laughs> yeah, I, hey, I'm not surprised. I was just wondering, because you never know, especially if yeah. they're socially just like inept. Like, <laughs> he might have just shut down, man. <laughs> no, he no. He, he got defensive, and I just said, I was more of the, like, you asked. This is why nobody's asking you questions. Nobody wants right. to deal with the fallout. Right. Oh, man. What, wait, wait, what, did, what did you say you went to school for? Uh, graphic design. Oh, okay, okay. In Iowa? Yep. Yep. The, so the, I graduated high school in 99 before the dot-com bubble burst. And so right. when I started going to school for graphic design, my high school guidance ki- teacher was like, oh, yeah, they're, they're like paying you guys $120 an hour. You know, everybody wants a website, right? You had you had fun in computer class making websites, and that was like programming from HTML. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. yeah, that was fun. And so then I, I start that, and at the beginning of it, they're like, oh yeah, we got a hundred percent, you know, job placement in this. And by the time I was up to the between the last two semesters, when you would do the internship, they couldn't even get anybody as a free intern anywhere. Because it was that uh, exponential. It, yep, yep. The bubble, the bubble burst, and right. that demand dried up. At least in the Cedar Rapids area. Like if if I would have been willing to move to like the Chicago area or something like that, you know, I could have tried to do something. But it was like, nah, it was way too far out of my comfort zone. And and uh, my girlfriend was a little bit younger than me, and I didn't want to move away. And she's now my wife, so I, I feel like I made the good decision there. 
Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, and uh, so, yeah, so I have a degree in graphic design that I almost never use. And, no shit. <laughs> and like those Adobe programs are so expensive, I haven't used them in ages. And so it's like I have a useless piece of paper that I spent like – I don't know, $10,000 on or so, because it was just an associate's degree. By the time the associate's program was done, I was like, fuck this. There's no way I'm doing more schooling. I should should have picked up a trade and learned to be a fucking electrician or something. Dude, you're you're not fucking wrong. Mm. I'm I'm, I'm about to be... uh, I don't want to do the math, but it's definitely north of 100,000 in debt. And I was only here for... Yeah, I was only here for three years. So it's... uh, it's rough, man. And I got a fucking art degree. Well, a writing degree, but a creative writing degree. Yeah. So I, I, <laughs> I man, I, so in high school, like, um, I went to a trade high school because it was the best high school in the state. I'm initially from Delaware, which is like a, a, a nothing. It, it <laughs> how I, I like, explain Hi, it. Hi, we're in Delaware. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, like the, that's the only time we've ever gotten mentioned is fucking Wade's world, and they're just making fun of us. You so, guys were so excited. Uh, no, we still talk about it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> we still talk about it, and uh, and like I think there was like a there was a quip on a Family Guy episode too, and we still talk about that too. But but anyway, um, there's just like the, the way that I describe Delaware is it's the most northern southern state. Like it, it's it's pretty north. It's it's above Mason Dixon, but it it's so fucking just backwards redneck. And I the the trade school was really the best high school in the almost in the fucking state. So I went there and had to pick a trade. So I picked electronics because I wanted to go into music, and I guess that was like the best thing to do. Now in hindsight, I wish I would have done media broadcasting because now I'm I'm working in broadcast journalism which i guess we'll get to eventually because i know people want to hear the, the chris evans thing but, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, you're not getting away without telling that yeah yeah yeah. so so i went i went through electronics for four years and even got my like sort like i'm a i'm probably not anymore it's probably expired but i was a certified electronics technician and like could could do you know any simple schematic really but holy shit trades are just they're awful man like like it's just so daunting in my opinion and maybe that's because i'm like a completely left-brained person and i just need to be creative but like to be an electrician because i grew up like my grandfather was one and like to be an electrician man like it just sounds so boring to me so i was like i I have to go a route that that i'm gonna end up making no money and be in debt for the rest of my life but i would rather do that shit than be a fucking accountant (laughs) or a carpenter or something like i just i can't see myself doing it man like it's just and no offense like no offense to anyone that does it because you're definitely going to make so much more money than me but but i it's not for me man I, i can't do it i can't do it so i don't blame you for going into graphic design yeah yeah, I I could never do accounting just because my math skills are super shaky. Yeah, awful, <laughs> awful. But there's um like I'm a I'm a poor carpenter, but the stuff that I've made that's turned out well, like mm-hmm. that is the feeling of accomplishment after one of those projects is really incredible. Yeah, no, I yeah I totally understand, and I guess maybe. I, I never really did it. I guess maybe just like learning it kind of deterred me. So I I don't know. I can't really like 
I can't shit talk, but for me, I just, I saw it as like, man, if I have to look at one more like breadboard and like put together another schematic, like I'm going to fucking kill myself. Like it was just so, <laughs> it just became so daunting. I did, I did make a, a, a guitar for my senior project and that was like really cool. Like you said, oh, like, that's I had, cool. yeah, well, I, um, do you know Muse, the band? Uh, yes, I've heard of them, but okay. I can only credit that to Rock with Hop. I've never actually the podcast gotcha. Rock with Hop. I've never yeah, actually yeah. heard the band. <laughs> okay, okay, so they're not very good anymore. Uh, they're actually awful now. But um, back in the day, they were really, really good. They're like uh, I thought they were like the the next Queen. I thought they were the last remaining like stadium rock band at that point in time because they really were like they were doing stuff that that I hadn't heard since Queen. So anyway, long story short. Like the lead, the the lead singer and guitar player, he has like a uh, he has like a Korg touchpad in the base of his guitar that um, runs through the the like quarter inch jack output of the guitar into into uh, like an effects machine, and then from that into the into the amp, and the 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 touchpad controls the effects machine, and it also has like lights that like. Uh, I don't know what the word for it is, but like they change, like they they flash in and out different lights. It, what's the word for that? Do you get what I'm saying? Like LEDs. Yeah, LEDs, but they like raise, like they like slowly become red and then dim and then slow, like whatever, whatever. Oh, that okay. Is. Yeah, I, I don't know what the word is, but I know what you're talking about. They just like, right. color change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah gradiate like or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So like I I uh, I built. I wanted to do that because I was such a fan, man. So I built this whole fucking touchscreen in the base of this guitar with all these LEDs that that was that ran through this system and it took it took over a year man but it was yeah it was definitely like it was the most it might be the biggest achievement that I've had yet like I mean I obviously I've had bigger achievements like career wise but that was the one that I was probably the most proud of so you're you're right man like doing something with your hands is kind of it is incredible oh yeah yeah and I like it, when I'm out in my garage if I just like look at my climbing wall I have out there I'm like fuck I built that whole fucking thing myself you have a fucking climbing wall? Oh, my God. <laughs> Holy okay, shit. Sh- I've never heard that. Let's, let's listen for it. We can hear all my listeners collectively rolling their eyes. <laughs> oh, you talk about this a lot? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Dude, no, climbing was a huge part of my life for a while. And um, and so, yeah, I built an indoor wall. In, I have a, a two-stall garage, so it's like a 20 by 22. Yeah. And the back 12 feet of the garage is is all climbing wall. It's like a full cave. Like oh, I got the ceiling, um, three of the walls, they're, they're all overhanging at different angles. Yeah. So the one is like 55 degrees overhanging and it goes all the way up to the roof. And then I wow. got a 30 degree wall that goes all the way up to the roof. And then a 25 wall that goes all the way up to the roof. And then I've got all these different, um, they're called volumes, but they're, they're more or less just kind of like pyramidal shaped okay. that, that are modular. I can move them all around. And so it's almost like stalactites hanging from the ceiling. So you're like totally like Ninja Warrior and shit. <laughs> I, I was before I got injured. And then so it was like injury, craft beer, depression, weight gain. <laughs> <laughs> and so now, now I can't do as much stuff out there. But I, yeah, I, I can still do a little bit. But like I, I burn out fast. But you're still, you're still out doing it like out, right? Because I thought you posted a picture recently of you like out. Brockman, um, right? Well, was that well, you? I, well, I, I probably liked something. Uh, <laughs> you probably just like, you know, Joe, you posted Joe Stark like, likes this. Yeah. <laughs> Facebook shows you people's pictures. You're like, I don't know these people. Yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> I don't, man, I stay far away from Facebook, dude. Oh, good for you, man. But, yeah. um, 
but uh no i'm I'm looking forward to getting out again but i mm-hmm. i haven't I haven't set aside time to do it in a while, but um mostly when I get out now, I'm just going out and doing work because Iowa's climbing community is pretty small, and there's not that many people that know things as far as like a development standpoint, and so when it comes to like doing like repair work out on like routes on public land and stuff like that, I do a lot of volunteer work for that. I do a lot of volunteer work showing people how to build trails the correct way. And so I'm in charge of the trail development in, in Iowa's uh, public lands with the Iowa climbers community or Iowa climbers coalition. Right. Yep. That's a local nonprofit that I'm a board member of. Gotcha. No shit, dude. That's actually, that's really cool, man. I mean, I would like to dive more into it, but I feel like, that's we're just rehashing probably shit that you've talked about all the no, time. That's, it doesn't matter. It's my, po- it's my podcast. I'll talk about whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> I'm just thinking about the listeners, man. They're probably like, oh Jesus, here he goes with the rocks again. <laughs> hey, at this point, we're an hour in. I got their download, so. <laughs> uh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Holy shit! It's already been an hour. Wow. Yeah. How about that? I shit? love talking, dude. I just love. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're a natural at podcasting, dude. This is great. Yeah, man, it's my that it is my uh, my dream um, is to be in radio, man. So hopefully really? one day. Have you thought about starting a podcast? So I am in the works. Um, uh, pitching, I'm pitching it. I've got some interest. I'm trying to go straight to the. I, I know that I should have, you know, put it out on my own and and tried to get a fan base um, initially and. I might, you know, just end up having to bite the bullet and do that. But I was so busy with school and working at a radio station and working two jobs on top of that, that um, I just like now I've got a decent amount of connections uh, just kind of in the field, especially being in New York City, that now I'm trying to go straight to the fucking get it, get it somewhere. If that makes sense. Like, I'm like, fuck it. I've met these people. I've talked to these people that like do these things i'm like why don't i just try to pitch this idea straight from the get-go and see if we can just start somewhere instead of me having to like do the grind which i know is like kind of a cheap way to do it and it's probably not going to happen but i've gotten some interest so i'm just kind of feeling it out right now so yeah so you're talking about getting more of like a like a radio gig or something like that um so a lot of the radio stations up here actually like do podcasts as well Mm -hmm. just because it's it's the new fun Technical difficulties. Ah, I hey. lost you. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was like you were talking. And I was like, hey, I think I lost you, dude. <laughs> and I was just oh, about to text you when you started calling back. I was like real in the middle. Yeah, my, my Wi-Fi here, I, I'm guessing it probably just timed out. But my Wi-Fi here is really wonky. Um, shit, where was I? I don't know. Either way, I'm trying. <laughs> yes, I'm trying to do podcasting. I'm also, I would also do radio. Right now, I, uh, I, I'm a uh, volunteer producer. I'm basically just a glorified intern. So I'm writing for radio right now, but I, I want to be behind the mic. It's my dream. I like my voice too much. Maybe, that, <laughs> maybe, that's, uh, maybe that's too, too not humble enough, but yeah, I just like to talk and hear myself talk. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing wrong with that, man. It's, I have a lot of fun doing the podcast. So it's, yeah. it's one of those things that like, you know, I'd I'd recommend everyone to do it. If you, if you got something you want to talk about, get out there and do it. It's great. Yeah, and you're you're really damn good at it too, man. So I give you credit. Oh, well, thank and you. And I, I and I really like what you're doing here. And I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass because I'm on your show. <laughs> but uh, 
But no, I really like it, man. You're you're talking to to the the people that don't necessarily get interviewed. Yeah, it's 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 pretty fun, you know. It's um, you know, like a, like a lot of the shows and and like I didn't even consider that when I first started because people were like, well, "How many interesting people do you know?" I'm like, everybody's interesting on some level. You just got to figure out yes. a way to get them to talk about it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes. That's my thing. It's like people are like, oh, why do you want to why do you want to do this? Like either journalism or broadcast journalism in general. I was like, or why do you talk to people like that you don't know? Because I, I man, I talked to fucking everyone in the streets. Right. And, and I'm like, because no one has lived the same life as me. Like they might have grew like grew up with a silver spoon and have like a boring ass life where everything was paid for them. But there's still something that like I, I I never experienced or I've never even heard about. So it's like it's so interesting yeah. just to talk to people, man. Be like, tell me about the pony you got when you were six. Exactly, because I never had a fucking <laughs> pony. I can tell you that. Dude, my my grandpa had draft horses, and I, and I was there when one of the colts was born, and it was born and immediately stepped on my foot, hurt like a motherfucker. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, Nikes did not they protect. <laughs> no, no, it was just a you know it was just a, a foal. So I don't know how young you were though. I mean. <laughs> Damn, dude, that's wild. I've no, I've ne- horses scared the shit out of me, man. Yeah, I, I've never ridden them. Like I have, I have a brief memory of being on one when I was a kid because my mom's friend had some horses, and I was on it, and my friend Trayer was on the back, and he started falling, and he grabbed onto me, and I fell also. No, that's and so bad. as kids we both fell off a fucking horse. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh-uh. uh-uh. That was the last time I remember being on one. But the the ones that my grandpa had were just draft horses that I don't even know why he had them. He really? You don't know why? You don't know why at all? <laughs> I don't know. Grandpa was a jack of or grandpa. Yeah, I mean, like when he was in his prime, he was a jack of all trades. He did all sorts of interesting stuff. Um, at one time, my grandpa owned a golf course. And he owned a gas station at one point, uh-huh. and like he knew how to fix windows. Like people around town would just drop off like broken windows and screens, and like he had a whole studio in his garage where he'd just fix it for him, and like he'd buy sheets of glass and cut them and fix people's windows. Like the, growing up, my grandpa was like my hero. That in my mind, there was nothing that grandpa couldn't do with his hands. Like huh, the the damn. sawhorses that I have out in my garage are ones that my grandpa built. And like someday right. when they fall apart, I will cry because I'm not the craftsman that he is. I will never be able to build a set that's as nice as that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also, you know, they got intense sentimental value for me too. Um, right. But it's just um, a different, different generation, man. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know why he had horses growing up. It was just okay. Yeah, grandpa's, grandpa's got some horses that horses, you know. Yeah. I, I'd ride my bike down there and, and feed them after school every once in a while, and then when. I remember when the when the cult was born, Grandpa named him Sir Thomas Jake. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. he sounds awesome. Your grandfather sounds awesome. Dude, I got I got the same. Uh, grandpa's laugh is better than mine, but I've my laugh is not far off from my grandpa's. Like oh, I, right. I've got like that same very jovial personality that my grandpa's got. Right, right, right. That's good, man. That's important. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. No, my grandpa's awesome. I love that guy. And um. God, what was it? He's he's got some great stories too. I've kicked around the idea of doing an episode with him forever, and, yeah. and I should do it. Oh, he's still kind of, alive. Yeah, yeah. He's in his wow. uh, he's in his late eighties. Gotcha. Okay. And um, that'd be great. I know. I need I need to do that episode and be, just get the whole story because when he was a teenager, he didn't get along very well with his dad, and so he left home really young and joined the navy. 
Gotcha, and went okay. and like sailed around the world and spent some time in in Japan and stuff. And he's got some great stories of that. And he was a he was an MP in the Navy over there. Wow! Holy shit! Yeah, man, <laughs> my life is sucks compared <laughs> compared to other people. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm sheltered as fuck in comparison. Yeah, yeah. I've never it's, even like seen I the said, ocean. Dude, the, what? The, really? the closest I've gotten to seeing the ocean is uh-huh. Lake Michigan. And and I only compare that in in that you look and then you just see the horizon. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, you see water to the horizon. That's the only place I've ever seen insane. that. Is, yeah. It doesn't look any different. I mean, it's, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. it's whatever. But uh, so you, huh? That's interesting. You've never been to either coast, then? Nope, nope. I've never been to either coast. the The furthest west I've been, I've been to Colorado, uh, Colorado Springs, a couple times. And then the right. furthest east is is probably the Red River Gorge in Kentucky. Damn. And I, I went there for rock climbing because that is like the sport climbing mecca of America. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Huh. There's all these fucking sandstone walls and sandstone's just magical to climb because everything's grippy like sandpaper. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. It's that place is pretty amazing. That and the the holds that you climb on are so good because it's like the sandstone's like this red orange color because there's so much iron oxide in the rock. And so it's mm-hmm. almost like metal plate on the outside. So like you're grabbing these plates to where it, it feel it almost feels like a dinner plate that's like welded to the wall. So it'd be like grabbing wow. like the edge of a frisbee or something right, like right, that. Right. You know, like where right. you can fully wrap your fingers around it and then it's grippy at the same time. It feels so secure in comparison to climbing like Iowa limestone, which is just like weird pockets and edges and it gets fucking slippery if too many people have climbed on it. Like it gets polished like a bowling ball. Oh God, that sounds terrifying. Oh, it's you get it a little bit wet. It gets really sporty. Um, <laughs> you'll be that's climbing, a, and all of a sudden your feet just go out from under you, and you're fucking dropping. <laughs> uh, that's a man. That's a crazy hobby, dude. I give you credit because <laughs> not only is it like you know scary, but it also takes a lot of physical strength. Oh, dude, so, I, I got in really good shape when I did it. Right. Because when I first got into it, I was like 330-some pounds, and then I got down to close to 200. Holy shit, dude. Yeah, throughout wow, the course of, I think within about five or six years or so is when I I, dro- I I got down that small. So that was like your your exercise of choice? You're like, I'm just going to do this? Yeah. Well, I tried lots of things in the past, but everything felt like work. With, with climbing, I, like, you know, I, I met all these new friends, and we'd just go and climb on you know other people's walls in their garages and so between the group of climbers that i climbed with there was my garage eventually there's my buddy troy's garage and jeff and shige's garage was actually in an automotive shop so they had like a 13 foot ceiling so their wall was fucking huge and theirs was like the biggest wall that we climbed on and so yeah it was every tuesday and thursday we'd show up at their auto shop and they had big stacks of mattresses on these like wheelie carts and so we just mm-hmm. wheel them out of this one cave and go around where there's paint marks on the floor where certain mattresses went in certain places. You just lay it all out like a jigsaw puzzle. And then their, their, their steep wall was like 45 degrees overhanging and then tilted uh-huh. to like 35 or something like that. And it went all the way up to that 13-foot ceiling. So, I mean, f- for me, like learning to climb steep stuff, like I'd be getting up towards that ceiling and like my I was shaking, like having a hard time falling on or holding right. on go to make right. a move and not fucking do it and then just fall that 13 feet and land on a mattress. Oh, dude. oh that's <laughs> kind of jaggy. That's sus. That's Dude, no, it's sus. scary. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It scared the shit out of me every time. 
but it's cool weird. because it would put you it would put you, it would put me outside my comfort zone and uh-huh. and as a result like i actually gained a lot of self confidence through climbing yeah, but um, yeah, I guess that's the point. Yeah, but then I had like I went through a string of tendon injuries in my hands, and then the worst one I had was I had two tendons injured at the same time in my left hand. That I'd take like two or three weeks off, and then I'd climb again, and it'd be fine for one session, and then the next session it'd go bad, and I couldn't make a fist for like a week. Oh no! And so I was like, "Fuck, I'm gonna have to take a lot of time off." And so then, while I was taking that time off, I hyperextended my right knee at work. And so then I couldn't do any of my cross training because my right leg was all fucked up. And uh, then I was rebuilding my climbing wall. And one of my friends coming over introduced me to all these different craft beers. And so then I started drinking lots of beer. Which that was pre- the beer, the beer era. Previously, I'd never drank beer because I, I never drank really? alcohol, really. I never liked the taste of it. And then, yeah. and then I got into craft beer. And then yeah, now, now I'm fucking down to the point where I actually drink strawberries and really enjoy them. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> is it? Can we take a break? Can I grab a beer real quick? Oh, absolutely! We can take a break. We uh, will be on. right back. And we're back. So, uh, strawberries, eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fuck it. it. It is what it is. They they get me. They get me drunk. That, that's um. That's uh. <laughs> shit. What brand is that? Budweiser Anheuser. Yeah. Okay. So to me, I've tried those because like I, I have friends that drink them. I, I'm not hating on it. I, I'm cool with. I'm not. Wait. I don't drink anything, but I'm cool with people drinking anything. I'm not judgmental. But for me, man, it just tastes like beer mixed with juice, and like yeah. that's not good. <laughs> see, with this, it, it just has a strawberry taste to me. It, it tastes like a strawberry soda. Ah, uh, see, it just I could just taste beer under it, and I don't like that combination. <laughs> see, no, I, I don't. If I tasted beer with it, I probably wouldn't like it because I remember what was it? it was just out of high school, there was a, a brand of beer called what was it like Pete's Wicked Strawberry or Pete's Strawberry Blonde? That's what it was. Right. And my friends were all really into it. And they're like, hey, "You try it. it? Tastes like strawberries." It, it tasted like beer. With fucking strawberries, and I was like, "This right. is horrific," and and that's not what strawberries taste like. But I can't drink it right out of the can because it's way too sweet. And so I, I actually take like a thirty-two ounce glass and fill it with ice. So it okay, maybe that's the move. Maybe that's I should try that. Because <laughs> yeah. no, it's too sweet for me, man. I gotta go straight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, but otherwise, I like them because it's like generally I've gotten to the point where I, I only drink when I do podcasts, just because it, it's. Like at first, I was like a little disturbed by that, but then I was like, "All right, fuck it. It is what it is." If if I do one or two podcasts a week, I'm only getting drunk one or two nights a week, and it isn't like I'm getting blackout drunk, right? So so fuck it. It's it is what it is, but <laughs> but it is more calories than I need. <laughs> but uh, the the cool thing about strawberries is it's like an eight percent. Yeah, that's so, a lot. Yeah, so I get two of those twenty four ounce cans, and I'm fucking good. Yeah, I would be hammered. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be hammered, man. I, I'm 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 tiny, man. I drink. I'm a lightweight, but I go too hard a lot. But I'm also young, so. Well, dude, if I drink those before supper, yeah, I'll be asleep after supper. Right, and, right, and right. So it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll have them after supper, and so I got a full stomach already. So it's plenty to soak up, and. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I'm, 
I don't. I actually literally don't drink at all before I eat. Like I, I, I refuse, dude. Because, yeah, I, I would be. I'd be out. I'd be yeah. sick, man. <laughs> well, I, I weigh like one thirty, soaking wet, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm quite a bit bigger, it, dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I weigh as much as like two of you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude. It's, hey, dude. I, I'm, I'm at like, I'm not. I'm not supposed to be this tiny, so. <laughs> oh, well. oh well, but hey, you know what? I try to gain weight, man, and that I don't want to. I'm like, I understand like the other side of it too, but like, it's difficult to gain weight too when you're when you're supposed to. No, it, you know? it totally is. I, I know yeah. what you mean. I'm not saying it's any. You, you know, it's a. It's it's more difficult than losing weight, but but like it sucks when I go to like a doctor and they're like, "Oh, you're like unhealthy." And I'm like, dude, I fucking try. Like, I've tried the healthy <laughs> route. I've tried the unhealthy route. And it's just my metabolism, man. It just burns that shit off. Like, That's what I was just going to say. You just got a really high metabolism, dude. Yeah. And it will slow down eventually. And then I'll be saying the opposite. But <laughs> oh, dude, some of those guys that I used to climb with, like, yeah. they would like, like almost zero body percent or zero percent body fat. You know, right. they're just so fit. And it's like. Like my one buddy, it's like you you work in a bar, you eat bar food like on the regular, and it's like my other buddy, it's like you live on fucking Mountain Dew, right. and, and, and pizzas and shit like that. It's like it's not fair that <laughs> you guys yeah. are so fucking incredibly fit, yeah. but you know at the same time, you know, fuck it, it is what it is. Um, I I could totally make better choices with food and better choices with with exercise because I know if I do push myself like a motherfucker. I get results, but it's just right now. It's like fuck. I'm I'm 37, and I hurt yeah. when I wake up in the morning. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. And you have you have two kids. Yeah, yeah. I got so, yeah, two boys, so. seven and ten. And man, yeah. I was out playing baseball in the yard with them the other night. It made my knees hurt so bad. It made me feel old. Yeah. But they yeah. were like, "Oh my god, daddy's getting us out!" <laughs> so <I was> actually, <laughs> get, fielding the ball and running them down. <laughs> Damn, you! I mean, hey, you got to go in every once in a while. Man. Oh yeah, I might be out of shape. I might be wearing Crocs, but fuck it. <laughs> you, you no, you were. Were you? Were you I'm a dad. Crocs? I don't care. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> Listen, I'm not hating on it, man. I I don't judge. Those motherfuckers are comfortable as fuck. I used to have a pair when they first came out. Hey, these these are the deluxe Crocs with leather on the top. Oh no, shit! <laughs> you got really, the fancy Crocs. You got the they, business they board meeting. Free, they were free. They were free, and they refused to wear out. Yeah, it's I've had them for fucking years. <laughs> it's because they're like some weird ass like foam, dude. <laughs> <laughs> they're not going anywhere, man. Those things are gonna last like nuclear explosions. Dude, I had this dope pair of Sanooks that I got for Christmas one year, and uh-huh. they are they're made by some climbing company. And so, like, the rubber on the bottom of it, it's, like, the same rubber that's on climbing shoes. So they stick to everything really well. But they would just slip right on. Like like a so really nooks. nice pair of, like, loafers or something like that. Sanooks. S-A-N-U-K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My, I, I know a lot of people that wear this. They look yeah. so comfortable. Oh, my God. They were fucking amazing. I was so sad when they wore out. And I, I need to just quit being cheap and buy a new pair. But they're, they're kind of pricey. And I'm shockingly frugal. When it comes to things that I buy for myself, like I'll lie to myself with comic books because they're only two ninety nine and three ninety nine each. But that's that. See, I'm worse with stuff like that. Oh, really? Like, yeah. Like if I'm gonna like every once in a while, I'll like uh, I'll 
spend like a decent amount of money on myself like uh, you know treat myself right but like and like spend like whatever like a couple hundred bucks and get something like really nice but when it comes to like buying things like yeah in succession like that like buying comic books i'm like ah that adds up and i know that's like the dumbest way to look at it but it's like (laughs) i don't know it's like it's more tricky to me because i know if i'm gonna buy something super expensive like i can do i can finance myself to do that but if I'm buying comic books, man, like I don't do the math. I end up spending way more than I, you know, than I, I, I underestimate it. Oh, that makes dude, sense. I have over two dozen books on my pull list. Believe me, I, I feel you. Jesus. But, well, the thing, the thing with mine though is that, like, my books come home. Like, my comic store doesn't automatically just put them into. Uh, bags with boards in them, like some shops do. Yeah. And so I get my books home. I scan the barcodes, I log them into my CLZ app on my phone that catalogs my whole collection, and then it immediately goes in a bag and a board with a board okay. in it. Gotcha. And so in like I, I take really good care of them and you know, someday if there's runs where they're 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 not that important to me, like sentimentally or anything like that, I'll totally just put them up on eBay and just sell the whole run. And like, you yeah. know, I, I won't make retail back off of it, but I'll make a huge chunk of money back off it. And if I do have some that are worth a lot of money, that's where you'll make the rest of it back. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's a, it ends up like paying for itself. Then. It can. Uh, you just got to make sure that you treat it like it's a little bit of an investment. But at the same time, like, don't treat it like like it's a for sure thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because uh, you you can say that, you know, some book is worth a lot of money. But that's only if you actually find a buyer that's willing to give you that money for it. Right. That's the thing with stuff like that is it's not in high demand. Well, exactly. And there are plenty of things to where if I were to take like, I don't know, if I were to take like my full run of Seven to Eternity Uh and put that up on eBay, I could make a shitload of money off it. Oh, really? I could. Because, I mean, it's, it's just one of those books that absolutely blew up. And it's like the number one I have isn't the A cover, which is the worth a lot. It's like a C variant, but it's still a first printing number one that's in near mint condition. Like right. I could get a pretty good amount of money off it, especially if I sold it with the entire set. Damn. Yeah. I mean, but, so it, yeah. but like, well, you're not going to. Not yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I might someday, but for right now, no. Like It means a lot to me that I have all those covers I can look at. But then what's funny is that I have those books, but if I want to read Seven to Eternity right now, I'll read the paperback trade that I have on my bookshelf. Nice. <laughs> I only buy trades, dude. I only buy trades. And, and and I don't blame you at all for that. Like I love collecting trades. Yeah. They they feel just better. They feel better to me, man. Like the idea like I'm a very aesthetic person, uh, especially with the feel of books, because I'm such a big book fan, dude. Like I won't buy hardcover books. Unless it's like something super like like uh like i don't know like something super fancy like some type of encyclopedia or something but like a novel i'm not buying a hardcover i like the feel i need to have the feel of it and comic books to me man they're just so like i don't know so you like the feel of a paperback book is what you're saying yeah yeah yeah. so like i have to buy a trade man because if i if i were to buy the comic books it just feels yeah i don't know it just doesn't feel right to me and that's not that like that's not me being like i don't know i don't know what do you want to say that like i'm a millennial or something because i like I grew up collecting comic books. Like my dad would take me and my brother to the comic store like every weekend. We had like a whole fucking bin of comic books that I have no clue where it is and I wish I could find it. But like just the idea of like just holding that like what, like thirty page like paper fucking <laughs> comic book. It's like to me it's just like it lost its I don't know. I want something that's like more tangible than that, I guess. 
Yeah, see, with me, it's like it, my favorite titles I get in print be, so I can read them every month. The other ones, like I'll, I'll check out through previews or something like that, check out like a digital copy, and then usually I'll wait until a trade comes out and I'll collect the trade. But there are some that I like so much that I want to know what's going on month to month. On That's, fair. And, That's fair. And, and even though I say I've got over two dozen books on my poll list, a lot of those are miniseries that mm-hmm. are going to wrap up in the next few issues, and then my pull list is going to drop down substantially. Um, a, a lot of books, especially the creator-owned variety, which is the majority of what are on my pull list, will go on a hiatus to where it'll do a story arc. They'll do five issues and then go on break for a few months. Mm-hmm. You know, That way the, the artist has time to catch up and all that. And so even though I've got that many, it isn't like I'm picking... Like I, I had a week... What was it like? Three or four weeks ago, I had a week where the only book I had to pick up was like a flash book, which is like a two ninety nine DC book. And I was like, this is freaking weird. But then I've had weeks where I go in and I'm buying $30 worth of books. Jesus. But it's not but, like that every week, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah. Cause some run different than others, but I mean, yeah. And I guess it does suck because I am a bit like, I don't read comic books as much as I would like to, but I am a big fan of just like just everything involved in it. So like when something does come out that catches my eye, like I know, um, ah, shit, I forget what it's called. But there's one I'm waiting for. Like I think the the trade comes out in June. I, I know they talked about pop culture lifters. I think it's like it's like it deals with like drugs and space and shit. Oh, void trip. Yeah, void trip. That's it. I'm waiting for that shit, and I, I wish I would have like I, I'm really interested. So like I. I kind of like when I go to the comic book store because I do that often for some reason. And like, I'm just like, ah, but like I wait, like I'm a Iceman. Marvel Iceman is like my favorite fucking character in anything ever. So like I had to wait a long time for that, that last trade to come out and that like killed me. And then it came out and it was like awful. So <laughs> if I had read the comics, the, 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 the Iceman book that just came out like, I don't know, like a handful of months ago. Yeah. And it's already canceled. Yeah. It wasn't that good. Was it? Oh, it's awful, dude. I was so upset. <laughs> I read the number one and I was like, nope, not for me. So, right. So there's the issue. I wouldn't have waited. I wouldn't have been so excited and waited six fucking months <laughs> if I had just read the comic from the from the start. Uh, dude, that shit disappointed me so much, man, because Iceman hasn't had his own comic since like, I don't even know when the originals came out, but I have them all. I have all the original copies of them. But like, I, I'm guessing that was a very long time ago because they're very old, but. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was pretty heartbreaking, man. And it has nothing nothing to do with the fact that he's queer. I just thought that it was just not not good. Like that 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 change to the character didn't bother me at all. But like, I just God, it was just like, it just wasn't good. <laughs> like, I yeah, no, know. I I just yeah, the book just didn't click for me. But for the most part, I like the I like Image Comics and like Aftershock yeah. Comics a lot because they tend to have the more fucked up stories. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. and that's. I don't know what it says about me, but those are the ones that click with me more. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, you're entirely right, man. Like, I Marvel, it, like, to, to me, reading Marvel, I have to read, like, one of the big, like, events. Like, I don't want to just pick up, like, a normal, like, character's, like, arc, right? I don't know. Just for me, it's just kind of, like, gotten it. it I know what's going to happen. Like, well, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know what I'm in, in what, it, what it's going to be like, right? If, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just kind of like it's, it, it's – I've been reading that shit since I, I could read, man. Like I, I'm just kind of over it. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, have you ever read Saga? 
Uh, that's the one with the dude with the horns, right? Yes. No, I have not. Pick up that number one trade and just give it a shot because image trades, if you pay retail for it, it's nine ninety nine. So that's the most you're going to pay for it. If, uh-huh. if you have like Amazon Prime or something like that, you can get it for so much less. Yeah. But the Fiona Staples does the art on that. Brian K. Vaughn does the writing and Saga's incredible. It's okay. it's really good, dude. It's when it comes down to it, it's a very heartfelt family story that's just in an incredible setting. Gotcha. Okay. It's yeah, like yeah, the I've space so opera, but yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah, yeah. really really cool. And it, um, are you into horror stuff? Horror stuff at all? I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. If it's good, yeah. It's just, so check out the first trade of the book Nailbiter. That okay, is one of the right best there. horror stories I've read. Nailbiter is about a small town in Oregon oh. called Buckaroo where 16 of America's worst serial killers were all born and raised. Oh, no shit. And then when they moved away, for whatever reason, they became serial killers. And the most recent one is Edward Charles Warren that the papers dubbed the nail biter because he would abduct people that he would see chewing their nails in public, and he would hold them captive until their nails grew out a bit, and then he would chew their nails down to the bone before eventually killing them. Oh, I'm sold. I'm sold. Wow. Yeah, and so there's... Uh, okay, if you're already sold, I'm not going to give away any more because Nailbiter yeah, no, has sold. one of the best number one issues ever, and it has a great twist at the end of it that you don't see coming, and it reflects back to the first page of okay. the comic. Like Nailbiter number one is like a near perfect comic book as far as number ones go. Okay, uh, right, that's right. yeah, that's written by Josh Williamson. Joshua Williamson, and the art is by Mike Henderson. Okay. Nailbiter is is fucking incredible. Like it, it it's probably one it. It's right up there with Saga as far as my number ones, but they're entirely different stories. So it's it's apples to oranges. They're very hard to to compare to each other. That's your Saga and that are your number one comics of all time. Yeah, they're my favorites. Saga and Nailbiter are two of my favorites. So what's your um? uh, Mine is mine is Preacher, man. I'm in love with that shit, dude. Preacher. Oh yeah, 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 dude. That's good. I love the art in Preacher too. Yes, holy shit. It's it's just so good. I'm into that, man. The whole just the 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 religion aspect of it. It's just so good. Oh yeah, um, yeah. That's a crazy take on that in Preacher. See, I've read the first trade, so that have been the first thirteen issues. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and and I have volume two. I just haven't fucking cracked it open yet. Oh, it just gets better, dude. Yeah, yeah, that's what I've heard. It doesn't lose its luster, which is like something that comic books tend to do, in my opinion. Like, I don't know. It, usually, the beginning's better than the end. I mean, that, I think that's like that for like almost every sort of media. But yeah, um, nah, preacher's good throughout because I think it's like nine trades overall. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, and if it's the new trades, the thirteen issue trades, that's a yeah. thick fucking trade, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's that's probably why way. I haven't started number two yet. <laughs> I just look it's at, it, I'm like, good, that's daunting. Yeah. It's good, man. I, I do it in one sitting. That's the thing that I do like about comic books is that I can sit down and read it in one sitting. Yeah. See, I did that with the first trade of Preacher. I didn't do it in one sitting, but I read it over a weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's easy. It's it's so much easier than books. What, yeah, but I, I, but I, I love I reading comic books, man. It's my favorite. I do want to ask what's your favorite, what's your favorite novel? Okay. This is a little bit more obscure, but it goes okay. back to a, my favorite author I had in high school, okay. which was a guy named Raymond E. Feist. And he wrote the book Magician. And that book is like my favorite. And that's a fantasy epic. And okay. so Raymond E. Feist had a bunch of friends that I believe they called they called them the Monday Nighters or whatever. And it was basically like a D&D group that he had in the 70s. 
and they created their own world that instead of like all the, the stuff that's, you know, the mythology within Dungeons and Dragons. And, um, I don't know if he would have been like more or less their DM or whatever, or if they collected, they created this world collectively, but that's where, where magician took place in because he said that, that those friends of his were like, Hey, why don't you tell the story about how the greater path magic came to the world of midkemia? And that's basically the world of, of, or the, the story of magician, which is like this, this young kid that he is just kind of part of the kitchen staff. And then like on the day of the choosing where like all the tradesmen of the castle come out and they pick like the, I think it would have been like the 13 year olds, maybe the 12 year olds or the 13 year olds, they're all get picked for a trade. He was the one that didn't get picked. And so the, the court's magician kind of feels like sad for the kid. And so right. like he talks with the Duke and he's like, you know, Hey, I, I want an apprentice. And so he takes this kid pug on and like nothing really works for pug. Like no, he's learning all this magic, which is just not working for him. Like in times of like great duress, like he makes magic work, but he's not even reading it off a scroll the way that's supposed to go. Like he just remembered the scroll in his head. And so okay. Colgan, this master magician is like, this doesn't make sense. Like that shouldn't have worked for you. And then they get invaded by this other world that are actually coming through this like magical gateway that they call a rift. And mm-hmm. this war eventually stretches on for years and years and it becomes called the rift war. And it's this entire other world that is a much older world. And so all the metal and stuff has been depleted on that. And so they're, when they discover midkemia and they find out how rich it is with metals, that's why they're starting to invade is to just, you know, mine for minerals and shit like that. Well, Pug ends up getting taken captive and he becomes a slave and he t- gets taken over to this other world of Kelowan where magic has got a much deeper, richer history. And they understand that magic has a greater path and a lesser path. And it turns out that the reason l- this magic that Colgan was teaching Pug didn't work is because it was lesser path magic and Pug was suited for greater path magic. And so as soon as one of these magicians over in Kelowan discovers that Pug has this gift, he becomes the property of the assembly. He's no longer a slave. Because at one point, thousands of years before the the assembly of magicians had saved this whole planet from extinction, right? And so basically, this emperor of Suranawani said, "You know, hey, you guys are now great ones. What your word is law." And so, as soon as one of them recognizes that this slave, even though he's a foreigner, you know, he's from this other planet, like you know, hey, he has the power. He's now province of the assembly, and so they teach him greater path magic, and he tries to become. Uh, the the uh, people of this other world but in the end he's like no fuck it i can't do it and so he takes his wife who's from this world and his new son and they go back and sneak back through the great rift and he helps end the war and everything and so in the process pug brings the craft of greater path magic to midkemia and he starts an assembly of magicians and starts teaching people and all this shit and it's this huge epic that that takes place over well magician is just split into two books now but like there's a shitload of Midkemia novels. Like Raymond E. Feist has written over a dozen of them. And so I, I used to just fucking devour those when I was a kid. And, and that was probably like my real gateway. Like I was reading Feist books before I was reading Tolkien. Okay. Yeah. Dude, holy shit. I got to give you credit, dude. That was like the most like – there was no like, – there was no ums or uh. You just went like fucking – in dude for like 15 minutes i'm just like i'm sorry no you're totally fine man i'm just like i'm sitting here like 
holy Dude, shit. I, I love Raymond E. Feist books. I, I yeah. could talk about him for a long fucking time. No, you and have I haven't even read him for a fucking while, but, oh, really? but I bet I've read Magician 24, 24, 25, 20, yeah. I bet I've read it a shitload of times. Yeah. I was about to say, dude, you know it from cover to cover. Holy oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Dude, and that's so, just one character in it. There's there's other fucking character arcs that are in it, too. Right. I wish I could do it, man. I wish I could read fantasy, man. I just can't. I can't. Yeah. No, that's that was my bread and butter growing yeah. up. Like, I fucking loved fantasy novels. And I read a bunch of like other ones that were you know much smaller scope. They were trying to be more... But then as soon as I read Magician for the first time, I was like, oh, this guy g- fucking gets it. Really? Yeah. I, was like, oh, I love the way Raymond E. Feist writes. He wrote one book called Fairy Tale that actually takes place in our world that is wow. a really fucking fascinating book about this, this family that buys this farm. And this farm was previously owned by a, like a member of like the Magi, but their numbers were starting to thin out. And so when this guy died, this house should have never actually gone on the market. And because they're on the property, there's like a fairy hill and like every year these fairies like pack up and move to a different hill and they just happen to be at this hill the same time this unaware family is there. And so they're kind of fucking with the family and the family unintentionally finds like, like this chest of like gold coins that's like meant to be this compact that like every year, like the Magi are supposed to show up and put a new gold coin in this chest. Mm -hmm. And that's what keeps these, these like evil fairies from the fairy world like from like you know basically like fucking with humans and so i don't know it's a fucking brilliant story though yeah it it sounds fucking dorky saying fairies but when you read the book you're like holy shit that's yeah yeah, yeah. like the creepy ones are very fucking creepy and there's twin boys in this family and so like one of the boys gets taken and then the other one's the only one who knows what happened and so he has to like get brave and fucking go over into the fairy realm to go save his brother and it's fucking incredible it no, that's it, man. I, it's crazy how people come up with these ideas just off of you know off of nothing. Like I, I know, like Tolkien, like his was mostly based off of World War One. Yeah, it's just like, man, like I just don't have the creativity. I don't think <laughs> like to come up with these these <laughs> fantasy worlds, man. It's impressive to me. Yeah, just, I just can't. Like I, I have tried to read Lord of the Rings. So, I mean, I read The Hobbit, but yeah, like. Dude- I've read Lord of the Rings several times, and like yeah. honestly, it's fucking really boring in places. Yes, yeah, like really fucking boring. But it's, this was also something that was written at the turn of the century. You know, we yeah, don't we don't really think in the terms that that Tolkien was writing in anymore. Right. But man, you talk about a depth of history and stuff. He even created like a fucking alphabet and language for the fucking elves know. and stuff. You know. Yeah, I can't do it, dude. I could never do it. Yeah. I could never come up with that shit, man. He had a lot of time on his hands. I mean, he was just sitting in trenches in World War One, fucking furiously scribbling notes. Yeah. I- <laughs> <laughs> he was also like a linguist, too, I believe. So, I mean, he had a little bit of a leg up in, in terms of being able to develop a phonetic language and everything. Right. Yeah, it's so much, man. It's like, it's impressive. I just... It's not for me. Is that is that your that's mostly where you stick to in reading is is fantasy? Uh, I'm kind of all over the place now. Like I really like in as far as comics go, I really like dystopian future stories. Uh-huh. Like that's kind of like the um, you know one of the schools of sci-fi that I'm really into. Um, let's see, there's some sci-fi stories that, or some fantasy stories that I'm really into. Also, I like a lot of horror comics. Uh, there's a handful of superhero books I still read. 
Um, I've I've collected every issue of Joshua Williamson's Flash, and that's almost up to issue fifty so far. That's a lot, dude. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, and like, what's I got? I think I got all the variant covers for the first five, also. But like, it'd break the bank trying to buy all the variant covers for a DC book. Like, they just do too many of them. Oh, really? Oh How many gosh. for each? Do you think? Like on uh, average, a, a lot. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I think Marvel books do it a lot more. I think Marvel books will do a lot more variant covers. But yeah, it will, especially like with like Action Comics one thousand just came out. Mm-hmm. And I think DC did fuck over a dozen variant covers, and some of them that were like signed ones fuck, that you could get dude. through Midtown <laughs> Comics. Comics were like hundreds of dollars. Really? Oh my gosh! If you get like the Jim Lee signed variant of Action Comics one thousand, it was fucking so expensive. God damn, dude! Well, that's because I know that's how they're gonna make money. Because yeah. I'm, sh- I'm sure you don't make that much money off of comic books anymore, right? Like either these guys just have a shitload of fun writing it. Otherwise you wouldn't see that many creators that are doing so many books at once. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But, but who knows? I mean, like, like Donnie Cates right now is, is a writer to where you pick up anything Donnie Cates and you're going to enjoy it. Cause the guy's fucking brilliant. And but it, it seems just more of like a gateway now. Like it, it, it's the first step in getting something to the big screen. Right. It, but, um, well, I don't know. I, I don't know, man. I I think some creators might think that way, but then others, like, I'm pretty sure like Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples have said before that they've made Saga so far out there because they're like, there's no way you could re- like do like a real faithful rendition of yeah. this. Like the budget and and level of CGI it would take to to replicate some of the characters that are in Saga is fucking unthinkable. Right, but I mean, they said that shit about Lord of the Rings, probably right in like the 90s, right? So I mean. Yeah, but I don't like Lord of the Rings stuff. Like they did a pretty good job. You just have to read Saga to know what I'm talking about. Okay, okay, okay. Right. Dude, that makes they, sense. <laughs> that makes sense. Saga's, like, dude, Saga's so fucked up. There's this one character called the Will that is uh, a free. He's a freelancer, and so he gets hired. So he's kind of like a hitman, and or like a mercenary of sorts. And he gets uh, hired to go after Marco and Alana and take them out, and then bring Hazel, their baby, back to God knows what, whatever the council of elders are going to do with that fucking baby. Marco and Alana are from opposing, uh, races that, that have been locked in war for thousands of years. And so there's a vested interest between the controlling members of both of their respective peoples to make sure that nobody finds out that, that there can be peace and love between them, let alone a child as a result, you know, that's deep, man. (laughs) Dude, that's saga. Yeah, that's Saga. Wow. It's it's amazing, dude. Okay, so Saga is there's, uh, oh fuck, it's it, so basically there's a planet called Landfall and there's a moon. Fuck, what is the name of the moon? I'm not important. <laughs> the people who live on the planet all have wings of some sort. The people who live on the moon all have horns of some sort. Sure. All the horned people, they all possess like magic and shit like that. All the people on Landfall are really into technology and stuff. They're right. oil and water, right? But they eventually come to the realization that, okay, if the planet is destroyed, it's going to fuck with the gravitational orbit of the moon. If the moon is destroyed, it's going to fuck with the gravitational orbit of the planet. So they can't destroy each other, right? So instead, they've exported their war to every other planet in the galaxy, and everybody else has been forced to choose a side. 
Wow. Okay. All right. I'm intrigued. That's actually yeah. pretty interesting. Yeah. And so Marco is a prisoner of war. Alana is one of the troops guarding him, and they oh. fall in love. Oh, and okay. She helps him escape, and then they eventually get married, and they have a baby that is a cross between the two. So their baby Hazel has got horns and wings. And oh, okay. so, so this whole story of saga her. is about this family. It's about yeah, the yeah, love yeah. that Marco and Alana have in a world that is completely against them. Now, and let how- me ask you, is this, uh, is this planet, is it, is it flat? Is it, a, is it a flat planet that they fly around on? No, it's definitely not a flat planet. Well, and then I'm out, dude. I'm going to go ahead and cancel my order now. Because- so anyway, anyway, the Will is after him, right? In yeah, the, yeah, yeah. One of the best characters in Saga, the Will's sidekick, is this giant blue cat called Lying Cat, because uh-huh. Lying Cat can tell when people are lying. That's so just- if anybody's lying around Lying Cat, <laughs> Lying Cat will just say lying. Okay, okay. Oh, dude, he's such a cool character. And so anyway, there's this there's this bit in in Saga where the Will gets like basically like a credit card without a limit. And when the mission kind of goes tits up, he's like, All right, fuck it. I'm taking this I'm taking this, you know, credit card and I'm going and having some fun before they cancel it. And so he goes to a planet full of whores called Sextillion. <laughs> and the sex workers there, it's literally just a pair of legs with an ass and then a mouth on the front of it. No. <laughs> Right, Dude, there great. is so much fucked up shit in Saga. In the very first issue, you see uh, Prince Robot fucking his wife. Now, Prince Robot looks like a human, except for he's got a TV for a head. Okay, I like and, that. And his wife has got a TV for a head. And you can tell they're royals because their color, their TVs are color TVs. Wow, oh, that's clip. Oh, okay, I like yeah. this. All right, and I like he's this. boning his wife doggy style, and she's all yelling, you know, give it to me and shit. And what plays across the TV screen on their face is like what's going on in their head. And he's got severe PTSD from all the wars he's been in. Wow. And so he's like in the middle of fucking, and then he starts <laughs> thinking about like blown up bodies and stuff, and he totally loses his boner and can't finish. It's like, dude, this is saga. Like, you're like, what the fuck am I reading? This is crazy. I, I guarantee you've never read read anything like it. So, I right. mean, definitely pick up that first trade okay, and, okay. and give it a shot. And it's fucking eight volumes deep now, or something like that. Issue right. fifty one just came out. I just picked it up yesterday. So it's that okay? I thought it was more. T- uh, ooh, hold on, sorry. Yeah, I thought it came out a long time ago. I didn't know it was that. Well, not a long time ago, but like 10 years ago. I didn't know it was that recent. It's oh, like yeah. Deep. No, no. It's definitely not 10 years ago. Okay. But, okay, but gotcha. Saga's one of those ones where it'll come out and do a story arc, and then it'll go on hiatus for a few months. Oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. But yeah. But that's right. great, because I don't ever want to see anybody besides Fiona Staples doing the art in that. Because, I mean, the when when you say an image book is creator-owned... I mean, it truly is. It's right. it's generally, you know, the writer and the artist, and they brainstorm together, and they create this book, and, you know, Image is publishing it for them, but it's the creators who own it. It's the creators who make all the decisions with it and stuff, and and that's what I love so much about Image. Yeah, and that's one of my biggest issues with, like, with Marvel and DC is that, like, it's so, it's just so jarring to see, like, a difference in writer or or artist where it's, like... I don't know. It can just take a spin so quickly. It's a lot like TV is now. Oh, it, yeah. yeah. It's just you can blame it on anything. But still, like at the end of the day, like, I don't know. I want to I want something from start to finish. That's one person, one idea. So, yeah. And yeah. and like what I was saying about Donny Cates earlier, he's writing uh, for Marvel right now. And he's been doing some incredible stuff, dude. 
He's been doing some Doctor Strange stories that are really good. He's just finishing up a run on Thanos that is just incredible. It takes place thousands and thousands of years into the future of like the current Marvel Universe, where Thanos is pretty much the only person left alive. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. And so it like recollects about how he defeated all the heroes on Earth. And uh, his new right hand is a cosmic ghost writer. That, like, what? Ev- yeah. Yeah, dude. Like, ev- eventually, like, Galactus came fleeing back to Earth trying to find help from the Avengers because he was being pursued by Thanos. And all that's left alive on Earth is Ghost Rider. That is so fucking cool. And Ghost Rider's been alone for so long that he's gone completely around the fucking bend and he's totally crazy. And so then Galactus makes Ghost Rider his herald. And so then together they're fighting Thanos. That is so fucking cool. Yeah. And so then when Galactus is defeated, Thanos is like basically talking to Ghost Rider. He's like, look, you're eternal. I can't kill you. Why don't you just join me? And so then the Herald of Galactus becomes the right hand of Thanos also. And so that's how you have Cosmic Ghost Rider. Okay, I'm interested in that too. Man, you're just selling me on fucking comic books tonight, Joe. This is too much. Dude, I, I read I read a lot of comic books. It sounds like it. But dude, there's yeah. just so many fucking good books out right now. It's to yeah. the point where my comic books reading comic books have like completely displaced TV shows for me. Like it needs to be a good fucking TV show for you to be like, all right, I'm gonna cut an hour out of my evening where I could be reading comics and I'm gonna watch this TV show instead. Like, I used to watch every CW show. I used to watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., all that shit. I don't watch none of that shit anymore. I make time for, like, fucking Game of Thrones. I need to right. carve out time for Westworld and Legion since they're back on. Mm-hmm. I finally got around to watching Into the Badlands. And yeah, I started that recently. Holy fuck, what a cool show that is. Yeah, it's very cool, but, like, I don't know. It, it didn't grip me, but, like, I can definitely see why people would love it. That shit's really fucking cool. Yeah. It's yeah, really dude. cool. I, I, I just I have a hard time watching TV in general because I feel the same way you do. I would rather be like, man, I could be reading a book or writing right now. And I guess that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's yeah. Ambitious, I guess. But um, yeah, no, really cool. And the action's really fucking good. I thought it was going to be cheesy for some reason. but Yeah, no, the action is amazing in that. Yeah, it's, it's really well done. And it's really – I'm also like – He's got the motorcycle and fucking cool red leather jacket and shit. And I'm like, this <laughs> yes. is pretty sick, man. Like, yeah, Sonny's a bad motherfucker, dude. <laughs> yeah, and I try to like, man, I try to watch shit. Like, I, uh, I just started watching like, uh, what's that fucking anime that everyone loves? My Hero Academia. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I've heard just, of it. I've never watched it. I just started watching that recently, and man, I, like, I get so into this shit for like three days and then i'm just like i could be doing something else like i don't know it's just such a it's a wasted media on me i just i like i hear so much man i watched the first two seasons of walking dead loved it and then they killed off shane and i was like i don't really want to watch this anymore and yeah dude i've never watched game of thrones i've never yeah i'm just dude i don't watch tv I don't watch TV. I know about it. Like, I know what's going on on these shows because I listen to so many fucking podcasts. <laughs> I know. Isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah. Like, I can talk about anything that's going on in any of them and keep up with people. But at the end of the day, dude, like, something about TV to me, man, it's just, it does not, it does not work. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, with me having the kids and uh-huh. stuff, it's for me to watch fucked up TV, I need to wait until they're in bed mm-hmm, because... Mm-hmm. You know, I, I get home from work at five. They're going to go to bed around nine. 
So that's four hours every day I get to spend with them. I'm not going to go and shut myself in my room for an hour to watch TV. I'm going to wait till they go to bed and then I'll watch it. Well, fuck if if I'm not doing a podcast, you know, like as the evening wears on, like I'll get comfortable, I'll get tired. And then I might have plans to watch TV starting at nine o'clock, but more than likely it's like, no, that bed's sounding pretty good. Right. I feel that. My alarm's going to go off at five in the morning. I'm going to start the daily grind all over again. Holy shit. You wake up at five and you podcast until like, damn, yeah. dog. Well, that and that's part of me going into only trying to do one episode a week now. <laughs> it's because, right. well, that and my, my, uh, I took on a new position at work uh-huh. around the first of the year and it is like way, way more stressful than anything I've ever done before. And right. so it's like, it, it was hard. That 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 was part of what went into me having to go slow down yeah, and just do one a week. Yeah, yeah, without a <laughs> doubt, without a doubt, I totally understand, man. Like I said, man, I work I work three jobs right now, and I'm finishing my thesis for college. So holy yeah. shit, dude, I totally understand, man. New York's <laughs> a different beast, dude. It is just a different beast. So are you? You're pretty much just there for school, then? No. Um, well, yeah, right now, but I'm done starting tomorrow before midnight so as soon as i turn that in i just have to read um i just had to write uh i think my thesis is thirty thousand words right now of just uh oh nice just just fiction prose so um i did like a collection of short stories uh but no i'm here because this is the mecca for anything journalism whether it's broadcast or or written so this is the place to be um I've never left the East Coast. I've never, I've never been to a state that's not on the Atlantic Ocean. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> You're like the total opposite of me. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to make that joke earlier because it's like, man, I've never not seen the fucking ocean. Like always, because I grew because Delaware is a it's a peninsula, so it's a beach area, and that's what we're known for is our um, is our beaches. We have like the the uh, it's like the the gay capital beach of the of the country. Uh, Rehoboth. So, like, yeah, our beaches are like why people come. It's a big tourist place, and so you 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 have to work at the beach. It's kind of like that um, if you want to make money and live there. So I, yeah, I I've, I've lived there, and then I lived in North Carolina for a while, and now I live in New York. So no, I've never left the fucking Atlantic Ocean, dude. I've been <laughs> I've been all the way north and all the way south, but never anywhere else. So am I going to be in New York forever? I I don't know. But right now, like, if you want to get into radio or you want to even write for a newspaper or a website, like, this is the place to do it. Um, I want to do music journalism, so that could lead me to any number of places. But right now, I mean, this is the place to be. And Oh, absolutely, yeah. dude. That's so yeah. cool that you're chasing your dream like that. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about it is, like, uh, that's the thing that, that people tell me when it's, like, well, what do you want to do? And I'm like, oh, well, this is exactly what I do, what I want to do, and I want to, I have this game plan like scheduled out from start to finish. And people are like, holy shit, you know, because most most of the time when people, um, you know, I'm sure you know this when you get out of school, it's kind of like, uh, I kind of know what I want to do, right? Or you switch majors because you're like, I don't know what I want to do at all, right? So, yeah, the fact that I have something like I have a, uh, I think a tangible goal, and that's exactly what I want to do, and it's what I've wanted to do for years is. Is the right first step, I think. <laughs> I guess, I hope, right? <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, like I just grew up around music my entire life, man. So I just I that's what I want to do. I want to talk about it because I I can't. I played it for a long time, and like I said, I went to school for it at first, but just kind of fell out of love with playing it. Um, and my dad's a drummer; he's still a drummer. So I'm just around it so much that it's just oh, what I'm. Cool. Yeah, it's what I'm most naturally uh, like. It's just what I have the most knowledge about. I think at the end of the day. So have you gone and seen like a lot of live music and stuff? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, when I was, um, my dad always tells a story, man. When I was like four or five, dude, I used to sleep behind his drum set when he would play because, like, I was just, I was always there. <laughs> How is that possible? You know? Because it, it does not phase me, man. Like I was around it from birth, and like, it, yeah, it does not phase me. I spent a lot of, lot of nights, even school nights back when I was a kid, like just being, you know, helping my dad set up his shit and being there until you know two three in the morning getting back and going wake up waking up going to school and your ears ring like a motherfucker and i'm pretty deaf (laughs) now already but (laughs) but man like i've met a lot of cool people and i've seen a lot of great bands i go to shows all the fucking time i've seen a lot i I, it's funny to talk to like you know people older than me and they've seen like one or two concerts in them life and i've seen like five fucking countless so like it's cool I, I i'm not boasting i'm just saying like yeah that's just what i grew up like doing like i i our weekends were based around that so my dad like would hold band practice in the house so i even had to like get used to sleeping on school nights while bands were playing in the house so it was like man that was just my life it, it really was and i i never got to like do things that other kids would do on weekends. Like I never went to like, Oh, go do this. Go do that. You like, go to theme parks. You go to this and go to that. Like I w- it was always like, we're going to a show this weekend. Right. Like that's like, the kind of what my life revolved around. So it's what yeah. I know the best. Nice. Inside what, and out. what kind of music did your Dan, did your dad play in the band? So, um, when I was young, he was in a band that was like, just, I, I guess metal, whatever you would call it. I feel like people have a different, like, uh, different level of what metal is to them um yeah i'd agree with that yeah like some people think the hardest of the hard is metal but some people also think like fucking like nickelback is metal right so it's like it depends on what you think is like (laughs) (laughs) anybody who says nickelback is metal needs to be slapped (laughs) but they probably just don't listen to rock music whatsoever (laughs) but like some people think like that heavy like distorted shit is metal regardless so but yeah, anyway, it was, no, I would I would go so far as to say like if I'm talking about like Cannibal Corpse, I'm gonna uh, call yeah. I'm gonna call it like death metal. Okay, you know? yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But like there there's some people would be like you know like oh yeah, five finger death punch is metal. Like, no, that's it, radio metal maybe. So it's funny, but, my dad's uh just to say like my dad's first band was like in that range of five finger death punch, and they were like uh like a. There was like three bands that were like a duo or a trio in the area that all played together. And the one was Motor Grader. And the lead singer is actually the guy from uh, Five Figure Death Punch. No shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. So like I, I, I've met a lot of people. Um, they were they were good. Like the uh, they were called Motor Grader because like the dude, one of the dudes had created his own fucking instrument. And it was called the Motor Grader. And it was like this weird ass like, I don't know, you'd have to YouTube it. But it's like this weird ass <laughs> metallic slap and. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> that's too weird. <laughs> yeah, so they were. Yeah, it was like back in that age, man. So it was like the early two thousands. So like, so like, Corn and Slipknot were like really big. So it was kind of cool to be like, 
edgy and kind oh, of... dude i live in iowa i know slipknot oh yeah fuck yeah i didn't even think about that <laughs> <laughs> well dude, they're like heroes now i'm guessing right oh dude my buddy mike lived in des moines before ah. they blew up and he was like yeah i used to hang out in the same bar that they would drink at no shit he's like i knew those guys and i was like that's fucking cool <laughs> are you a big fan i loved their first album i liked their second album i haven't followed them since because um when I was younger, I would talk shit on bands for mellowing out uh-huh. and because like metal was like, that was like m- the first music that I was really into. Uh-huh. And, um, and so I would talk shit on bands that would mellow out. But now that I'm an adult, I'd be like, why wouldn't they want to get paid to fucking do their shit? And yeah. w- what better way to get paid than to get mainstream coverage by tailoring your sound. So you're going to get played on the radio more. Like if you compare Korn's first album to Korn's fifth album, it's like this is the same band. Yeah, yeah. and you also get older too, man. I mean, yeah. like, it's adolescent. Like, there's a reason that you don't see like, and I actually had this argument the other day. Is like, there's a reason you don't see like very many forty year old rappers. It's just because that's what it, it captures that that age of like. It's not necessarily adolescence because it's like twenties, thirties, but like it's still like music has, I think, a place in 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 your age in the way that you act, right? So yeah. I can't hate on them for gr- for growing up. I mean, and yeah, that's that's my more mature view of it. But right, but otherwise it's selling out, right? <laughs> They're selling out. So what's oh, dude, your- I, I had a musician friend when I was in my uh, early twenties that was like, "What do you expect? Every fucking album to just be like they never change, and like they're just going right. to be like ACDC through every album." <laughs> Right, or like yeah. he's like Rage Against the Machine's great, but every one of their albums is a jam session. I'm like, it's a glorious jam session. Yeah. Except for Renegades, uh, which fucking sucked. But it, <laughs> <laughs> well, look, but to, for me, it's like, dude, I love that shit. I love I love Zach De La Rosa and but uh or is it Ro- it's Rocha, right? Like Zach De La Rocha. Something, something like that. Uh, but uh <laughs> man, Tom Morello, like he's interesting at first with his guitar shit and all the scratchy shit, but then it's like all right, dude, like how many more scratch guitar solos can I listen to? Yeah, a- after a while, they do start sounding a little bit the same. <laughs> yeah, but at first, it's like, holy shit, I've never heard of this before. But oh, then- dude, Radio's Machine's first album was so fucking awesome. But I also discovered that when I was in middle school. That was one of the bands yeah, that yeah, fucked yeah. me up at a tender age, you know? That was the one with like Empire of the Sun and uh, Down Rodale on it, right? With the kid uh, that, with the Superman... That- that was Evil Empire. That was their second album. Their, oh, first, okay, okay. their first album is self-titled, and it has that black and white picture of that monk that is like self-immolating. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, it's gotcha. got um, uh, Killing in the Name of, Bullet in the mm-hmm. Head, Freedom, Bomb Track. Oh, shit. Dude, that, f- that was fucking, on the first album? Yeah, dude. Oh, fucking every song on that was fucking good. They had the one song that had a little bit of uh, Maynard from Tool in it, Know Your Enemy. Hey, that's my favorite band of all time, man. Tool? Dude, yeah. Tool's an amazing band. Maynard's fucking interesting. Yeah, man. I, I uh, Have you read his, uh, his autobiography? No. No, oh, I, I haven't oh, read his man. stuff. I've I've listened to the Joe Rogan episodes that he's been on. Yeah. And yep, yep. What, a, what an interesting character he is, man. Yeah, I recommend it to you. It's a quick read, but uh, yeah, he was in the military. He's a really interesting fucking dude. No shit. He was in the military? I cannot picture that fucker in the military. Oh, yeah, man, dude. He was big in the military for a while. No yeah, kidding. Give it, mm-hmm, give it a read, and like, uh, uh, like Danny Carey, or one of the members of Tool. It might have been. I don't think it was Danny Carey, but um, they like 
they found him. He was screaming. They were like working in a pet shop and they like heard him outside screaming at someone. And they were like, yo, that dude has a great voice. <laughs> and that's how they, that's how they, it started. Yeah. Like, I'd heard that story. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> I heard him crazy, screaming man. at somebody. <laughs> yeah. He's dude. He's a nut job, man. I've, I've, I've seen tool fuck five times in a perfect. I just saw a perfect circle the first time, like a couple months ago. Oh and, no shit. That's fucking cool. Yeah, man. They're, they're my, uh, yeah that's my bread and butter man the new uh, perfect circle album is not good which i'm like trying to get over and it feels like i'm you know like a death in the family but (laughs) but uh yeah dude it it, i expected it man it's been 14 years Uh, the last time a perfect circle album came out i was uh eight oh wow that's a bit of a gap yeah mm -hmm. 14 years dude so shit yeah, but no, I'm a big fan, man. I've seen them a bunch of times, and they're they're the they're my favorite band ever, dude. And I I could talk, I could do a whole fucking podcast on Tool, dude. I could talk about that shit from start <laughs> to finish. Nice. Are you a fan of Tool? Yeah, yeah, dude. I discovered Tool on their Undertow album. It uh-huh. was um, oh, which song was it? Probably like sober. Sober. It was yeah. the video for sober. Yeah. It was the very first one, and then I went back and found their OP8 album. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, dude, I, I've I've been a huge fan of Tool for a long time. I haven't listened to too much Perfect Circle. Ooh, really? Yeah, like I I don't like if you were to play like Tool and Perfect Circle, I'd be like I'd have to ask you. So which band is this? I recognize Maynard, right? But like I'm, I'm not like current enough or anything like that to where I could tell you the difference, but. If ever it were off of Undertale or Opiate, I'd probably totally recognize it. And then was it Anima? Lateralis. No, oh yeah, Anima was next. Anima, okay. yeah, Anima. Yep, Anima, I had yeah. that one also. And so I was really familiar with like the fucking song Eulogy. Dude, yeah, that song gives me great. fucking goosebumps when he starts mm-hmm. doing the yelling part on it. Yep. Like, the, you know, he was so they loud. They get off your fucking cross and shit. Yeah, yeah, he was, yeah. He was yeah. so loud and he sure could yell. It's like, dude, I get fucking goosebumps with that. Yeah, it's fucking yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me and my brother grew up fighting about whether it was about uh, Kurt Cobain or Jesus. Like that was like an argument we always had as a kid. <laughs> like, we would always just dive so deep into Tool, man. Like try to figure <laughs> that shit out, man. Like because the whole Lateralis album is like the uh, it's like the Fibonacci sequence, and it's actually out of order. And you're supposed oh, to listen. Yeah. To it. yeah, it's fucking nuts. And, and Maynard says in his book, it was like, yeah, it's like my it's like my biggest like dick joke. Like basically, he just like did it as like kind of braggadocious was just like i can do this fucking crazy shit and people are gonna (laughs) buy into it so like it's it he the book like kind of makes you feel like uh man it's maybe not as like uh soulful as i thought it was he's more of just like a really fucking intelligent dude that just likes fucking around but Mm -hmm. it's still so fucking good and i recommend a perfect circle man uh 13th step dude that album is is Sometimes I have to fight back and forth with whether or not it's it, they're better than Tool, so I definitely recommend it. Okay, sweet. Yeah, give it give it a listen, dude. It's it, it's different. Once you listen to if you listen to a full album of it, you you'll be like, no, they're actually it, they're actually very different. Like I would I would be able to tell the difference between them. Yeah, I think as far as like musicians go, the one that I've probably gotten into the most is at least in terms of like reading like the like writing and stuff that they've done and other stuff outside of music would be Henry Rollins just because I got introduced to his spoken word albums Yeah, on cassette tape. Like I listened to the the box life on cassette tape when I was in middle school. Gotcha. And, and so I got really into his stuff and then it was just more finding out that 
okay, so Henry Rollins like does music. And then I like, you know, of course everybody's fucking seen the video for liar. Uh huh. Yeah. Of course. And then I used to give me nightmares as a kid, dude. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then I was like, okay, so now I got to find some Black Flag because I listened to his uh, "Get in the Van" stuff, and then I bought the book for "Get in the Van," and so then I bought the Damaged album, and so I got that in my young twenties, and I was like, oh fuck! And so I I discovered Black Flag in like the early two thousands, which was hilarious for a band that broke up in like eighty (laughs) five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I mean, I've, I've never been the biggest fan, man, but you're, you're a fan of, like, what would you consider that, punk or hardcore? It's hardcore, right? Yeah, it's it's kind of like a blending of both. It's yeah, yeah, it's yeah. definitely, like, the more hardcore end of punk, right. because it, it's hard to put Black Flag and the Ramones in the same room. Yeah, there's also a big, big difference in time, though. Oh, absolutely. Right, like 15, but, I mean, yeah. you know, like, Ramones would be, like, classic punk, right? Yeah, they're the first American punk band, in my yeah. opinion, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. um, like, like if anybody out there would want to like check out some Black Flag and know what I'm talking about, look for their live album called "Who's Got the Ten and a Half." It's fucking so good. Like every track on it's really good. He also just seems like a really fucking cool dude, though. Dude, his he's got so much spoken word stuff, and like a mm-hmm. lot of it is really fucking good. Um, God, he's got this one album called "Eric the Pilot," and it's like a hour long story about him trying to get to this gig and like his flight gets canceled. It's too far for him to take a taxi. And so like his, his management team like finds like a single propeller plane, like private plane to take him. Right. And like, while he's flying, he's like getting all these fucking clues from this guy. And then like comes to find out like they have to stop in like somewhere in Oklahoma because they ran out of fuel and like he finally gets through to his management team and they're like, okay, this is spoilers for the Eric the Pilot story, but it's too funny. They're like, do not get back in the plane. Eric is not a real pilot. He's just a huge fan. Oh my God. <laughs> like oh he's shit. really like a janitor and he just answered the phone and found out that Henry Rollins needed a flight. Wow, that's great. <laughs> that's just a- <laughs> But the way that this whole story comes together and then the aftermath of when he finally ditches Eric the pilot and he's just stuck in like Oklahoma, middle of nowhere. <laughs> it's a fucking great story. Great. And he's also really good at telling uh, like uh, I didn't he do a segment on that Comedy Central show. Um, uh, this is like, what is it? This is not happening or something like that. Where people oh, yeah, for like, sure. For sure. Yeah, that was the Ari Shafir show. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pretty yeah, sure before like fucking that. Comedy Central fired him from his own show. Oh no, shit! Really? Yeah. Well, uh, if, do you ever listen to Ari Shafir's podcast? No, uh, uh-uh. dude, Ari's fucking hilarious. He he's he's somebody who does not give a fuck. Like basically, he what was it? He did a podcast. He had Henry Rollins on his podcast. He does oh. one called the uh, Ari Shafir Skeptic Tank. And it's it's more or less like a long form conversation, but they pick a topic for everyone. And he was in some hotel in Sweden, I think. And Henry Rollins was in Sweden also, and so he was able to book a podcast with him. And they just sat in like the lobby of this podcast and talked. And Henry Rollins talked about all the crazy traveling he does because Rollins will just be like, you know, hey, I've never been to Myanmar before, and so like he just works that it out to shit. where like, okay, here's a month where I don't have any gigs. I'm going to go to Myanmar just with my camera and my laptop, and I'm just going to walk around and talk to people and get right. a feel for what Myanmar's like. And then he writes articles for like Rolling Stone and shit like that. 
Like oh, Rollins shit. lives a weird fucking life. And so this this podcast that he did with with Ari Shafir, which I highly recommend. It's the episode's called Not All Those Who Wander Are Lost. Uh-huh. And it's like it's fucking eye opening. You li- just listen to Rollins talk about all these fucking crazy places he's been and shit. Well, that like really inspired Ari Shafir. And so he was just like told Comedy Central and everybody, you know, hey, I'm going to be gone for a couple months. I'm going over to fucking, you know, the Far East. And he just went over to like Vietnam or Thailand or something like that and was just off the fucking grid for like three months. And like Comedy Central was trying to get a hold of him and he was basically just like, fuck you. Wow. Holy <laughs> like, shit. Like he, they've danced around it on like between Rogan on, and on Ari's podcast and stuff also. And they're probably like barred legally from saying like exactly what happened. Yeah. But the yeah. gist of what I got from it is that basically they just took the show from Ari. Like they fired him and kept the show and like got a new host to do, uh, you know, What's yeah, the name of the show? I can't believe this is happening or something like uh, that. Yeah, this is not. I think I'd, this is not happening or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. And so now, like when Ari would joke about it on his show, he'd be like, "Hey, so now we're gonna have a uh, a new, you know, Ari Shafir's Tell Me Your Story show." Oh, <laughs> like that because he great. couldn't use the same name again because <laughs> Comedy Central owned the name. Yeah, it's kind of like the like in, in a way, kind of like the Chappelle show situation. So yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I know. Comedy man. Central gets a good thing, and then they fuck it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but maybe the from man. their standpoint, they couldn't have like a good business model going with a guy who's over in fucking Thailand on a motorcycle and won't answer his phone. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but, yeah, they do got a business to run, right? <laughs> yeah, but you got you know you you're working. Listen, if your your name's Comedy Central, and you're you're working with this talent that you know is off the wall because comedians are. Bad shit, crazy man. You gotta know what oh, you work with. Without a doubt, you gotta know what you work with off the off the bat. So, I don't know. I uh, like that's what I've noticed. Like with working in radio for over like the past like year year and a half is like, yo, people are nuts, man. <laughs> like, like <laughs> people, are, and not even that I would consider that nuts, but it's just like no, people are different, and you have to learn to be adaptive to people because everyone's different man and people some people have issues you know some people have issues and qualms that other people don't and you just have to learn like man we have talent come on and sometimes they just do weird shit and you <laughs> you like you have to like adapt to it because it's like <laughs> everyone has n- neurosis and different things and different qualms and different hookups so it's a it's a strange world we live in joe it's, a, <laughs> it's everyone <laughs> everyone's different man like i've had some people that are just like just like i don't know they just almost don't want to be there and why did you sign up for it and it's hard to get them to be open or they they don't want to talk about any of the questions or they don't want to promote what they're supposed to be promoting and it's like i know it is kind of funny when that happens right i've had experience with that too like what do you do you know like (laughs) It's like you know you're talking to the press right now, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like, and, and that, and I guess, like, my point being is, like, man, it, like, you have to have some type of level of being, like, yeah, this dude's a comedian. Comedians are known to be kind of wild. If this dude is gonna go off, like, don't cancel a show <laughs> or give it away. Like, dude, man, I think just, it was it was some point in the '90s, and I'm pretty sure it was on an MTV Music Video Awards. Uh, no, maybe it was the MTV Movie Awards. 
had to have been the movie awards because there was a bunch of actors there. But Jim Carrey showed up with long hair and a big giant beard, and he was drunk as fuck. Right. And did you ever see the clips of that? Uh-uh, he was basically no. doing uh-huh. like a Jim Morrison. Okay. And so he got up on the microphone at one point, and he's looking around. He's got a drink in his hand. He's like, I'll tell you what. There's a lot of fine pussy in this room tonight. Oh, my God. On my TV? <laughs> yes. Shit. And, like, I just remember the camera being on Selma Hayek and her having a look on her face like. <gasps> right. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I mean, so, hey, sometimes a celebrity is going to do something unexpected. <laughs> Oh, that was fucking brilliant, though. It was so funny. You there? Yeah, I'm still here. You hear me? Okay, I dropped out for a second. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, Jim oh, Carrey's no, wild. Hey. Skype, Skype sucks wild, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, like it was still, the time was still rolling, but you were just not, you were not there. But, um. I was rambling you, about drunk Jim Morrison, or Jim Carrey you, as Jim, Jim Carrey. Morrison. Have you seen him recently, though, man? Like, he's off his rocker, bro. No, like, I heard that he had, was it something on Netflix or something where he's talking about his process? Yeah, Andy and, Andy and the me Andy or Co- something like yeah. that? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. No, I, I heard enough people talk about it where I was like, I don't know if I want to watch that. Well, have you seen his um, his episode of, uh, fuck, what's that Jerry Seinfeld show called? Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. Yeah, have you seen his his episode on that? Uh uh-uh. uh Okay, so he all right. <laughs> bear with me, all right. Okay, <laughs> I, might, I might get a little conspiracy theory, but so he is like totally like decked out like like artist shit. Like he's got like painted shorts on. And he's like wearing a ragged ragged t shirt. Like he's obviously like bummy and. They go to get coffee, and he has a a a non labeled eye drop bottle, right? And he's like, "I always bring my own sweetener," right? And he starts putting it into the the coffee, and then at the end, he stands up on the booth. They're in a booth. He stands up like on the on the seat, and he's like, "I'm gonna drip this into the cup from here." And then it's like a good like five minutes of him like focusing and doing this i think the dude's fucking microdosing like, <laughs> like no, and i mean I'm, dude, I'm i believe you honest. yeah like why first of all what fucking artificial sweetener comes in an unlabeled like okay maybe they had to take the label off for the show but still like in a eye like an eye drop bottle like i'm not talking like a big clear one i'm talking like a little one no yeah no no, that makes me think of the 90s when my buddy Andy was selling liquid acid in a little fucking Sweet Drops bottle. Exactly. If you, want, yeah, if no, you wanted to buy exactly some, you had that. to show up with a roll of Sweet Tarts. <laughs> exactly like that, dude. Like, I, it's exactly, yes, it's exactly like one of those little dropper bottles. And I'm like, man, man, I think he's microdosing, dude. I think he's off the rocker because, like, that thing happened with his girlfriend, right, where she, like, died and, like, He's like partly to blame or something like that. I've never gone really into it, but I've, I've oh, heard shit. about I'd it. I've never heard about that. Yeah, I think she had a drug overdose or something, and he was like there and didn't. I could be totally wrong, but I know this is like the situation is true that his girlfriend died and he like has some type of something to do with it, but I don't know exactly why. But I think it was one of those situations where she like died from drugs and he didn't respond. Wow. Or like didn't respond accordingly. Um, but P- PSA moment: Don't do drugs you can overdose on. That's yeah, that's true. Uh, 
That's true. No one's ever died from weed, my friends. Let's, exactly. Let's, let's, weed, let's mushrooms, those are fine. Have fun. Right. Right. Yeah, that's true. Have Although fun. Get, bring a babysitter. Know, super sick. You get super sick, but that's fine. I got to die. You just got to throw up a few times. But, but uh, yeah, I think he's microdosing, man. Uh, to be completely honest with you, dude, I think he's just, I think he's out of this world right now in both physical and mental. <laughs> mental like, just out of this fucking world dude. it's wild dude it's wild I, I don't recommend watching the documentary because I really don't think it was that like I kind of got bored halfway through because like I got it like he thought that he was like possessed by Andy Kaufman and so he was acting like Andy Kaufman and everyone was getting pissed off like it, it, it doesn't really say much because he's because like how much can you say about something spiritual like that it's not like you can prove it so it's like I can sit here and be like yeah I'm 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 the reincarnation of whoever, right? But it's like I can't prove it. So it's only so much that you can really learn from that. So I don't recommend watching it, but I do <laughs> recommend watching that. I do recommend watching that episode of uh of the whatever it is, getting coffee and what is it? Comedians and cars getting coffee. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck Jerry Seinfeld. No. <laughs> Why do they call it grape nuts? It's not grapes. It's not nuts. <laughs> that's good. That's good. He's a fucker, dude. <laughs> dude he's, he's, he's such fun- an asshole. He's funny, but yeah, I've heard a lot of stories like that too. Also, <laughs> yeah. He he, and you can even tell in the you don't watch the show at all. The comedians show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've heard about it, but I've never watched a single episode. I just I don't I, cut that much time out for watching TV. <laughs> yeah, well, it's only like fifteen minutes an episode, so. Oh really? That's but not bad. Yeah, yeah, it's a YouTube show, but it's on Netflix, um, which is like weird. It's I think it's the only thing to ever do that. But uh, he's such a dick, though. Like you've seen the uh, the Larry King interview where he like is like says, "Oh, but Seinfeld got canceled," and like Seinfeld goes off about it. Have you ever seen? <laughs> no, that I've never seen that. It's like, yeah, he's like, he asked him a question about like, oh, like, how do you, how did you feel when Seinfeld got canceled? And he was like, he freaked the fuck out. He was like, what? Seinfeld didn't get canceled. I was the biggest selling TV show. He's, he's got a dick, man. But like, uh, like Larry <laughs> King's like fucking a hundred, man. Listen, he doesn't know what he's talking about. All right, dude. I just rewatched God. the original Ghostbusters again the other day, and as a cameo in there of Larry King talking yeah. about the Ghostbusters, and I'm like, look at how young this motherfucker looks. Look. And still looked old. And he still looked old, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. he didn't look like a fucking corpse. I know, dude. I, a corpse in suspenders. Because I'm, like, I'm a big fan, man. And I, I I don't know. It's sad to see these people. Like, I feel the same way about seeing, um, what's yeah. his name? But, uh, I mean, fucking nobody defeats time, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Stan Lee. That's what I meant. It's it's hard oh. to see him right now, dude. Dude, like, that fucking video of it. Did you see yeah. that video? Uh-huh. Oh, that was so hard to watch. Awful, dude. Awful. Because it's obviously just a cash grab because like he doesn't even fucking know he's there. <laughs> like, he, yeah. like he is well, so I, out. I hope it's not a situation where it's like, dude, if you're not here signing these books, you're not paying your mortgage. Like I, I hope it's not a situation like if if Stan Lee's having to live paycheck to paycheck, that's fucked up. 
I, like fucking Disney needs to be cutting him some big checks. I don't give a fuck if they've already bought and paid for the MCU or whatever. None of that shit would be there if it weren't for Stan Lee. And if he's living paycheck to paycheck, that's not fucking right. Right. But I don't necessarily think it's it's that. I think it does. He, he has children, right? So I think that potentially maybe they're just like trying to get as much cash out of him as possible before he passes away because you know, oh, it's going to go. Fuck, that's even darker. Yeah, that's what I think because, like, I, okay, as much as you you want to like hate Disney, I totally understand. Like, I have there's no way, right? Maybe I'm being too optimistic, but living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, our Skype connection's fucking actually, sucking again. I don't know. <laughs> oh shit, dude! Damn it! I'm ruining the episode. <laughs> no, not at me? all. <laughs> Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Hold on. Yeah, I can hear you now. (laughs) It's funny. It's like every 30 minutes, my computer is just like, nah. Mm -mm." (laughs) I don't think I'll hear you again. Fuck it. It is what it is. Oh, Uh, you can hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. (laughs) Okay, every time I ask you, you're like, okay. I'm like, does that mean you can hear me or can you not hear me? I don't know. Dude, we're we're like two and a half hours into this. I'm drunk as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Okay. I, oh, yeah, it's cutting in and out, dude. Are we going to, are we going to call this a, call this a show? Uh, let's try and get the Chris Evans story out first. Let's see if it works. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. All right. Do you want me to call you back and see if that works? Uh, I don't know. That sentence sounded good. <laughs> Jesus, Joe. Okay. All right. <laughs> Mike, Mike. I, you're so, like, delayed. Oh, is it? Okay. Your okay, let's just hang do. up and let's and we'll reconnect real quick, okay? Okay. <laughs> okay, All we'll right, be okay. right back, folks. Okay, we're back. All right, so I guess we'll finish out on my Chris Evans story. Um, it, I, I have a feeling it's probably not as good as people are expecting it to be, but I think it's interesting. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of buildup to people wanting probably want to hear this. So, um, yeah, so I I work at a, the, a radio station. I'm not going to go into what show because nah, that's there's okay. like been. Yeah, there's been controversy around it and everything. So, um, but it's pretty big in New York, and we get a lot of great guests. A little less now, but um, the, besides the point. So, like, man, it's it's really cool. I don't make any money, man. Like I said, I'm just a glorified intern there. I'm only there one day a week, and I, I just write interviews. But it's it, it's a great experience. One because it's live radio, and it's also right in the middle of the day. So. It, it that's like you know it's like prime time it's like lunch time um and we have like a plethora of guests like man i the other day i was making coffee because like i have to make coffee for for the guests and i the this person wasn't scheduled on our show but i turned around and tyra banks was like standing behind me and i was like Oh shit! What up? Like, <laughs> <Hi>. <laughs> like and that shit. Yeah. So like, I actually sat in a room 
Like I, I got to be a fly on a ro- fly on the wall in a room with um, with Mark Marin, Andrew Garfield, Alan Cumming, and Andy Serkis. Wow. Yeah, and like I almost shit myself, dude. Like, yeah, it was wild. So like you, you know, it it's cool. I get to meet these celebrities, and I, I like I said, I'm not bragging. It's just like it's interesting because I like I like to tell people the stories because it's like. Um, it kind of makes people seem a little more down to earth than they are because I think the stigma around celebrities is that they're like all assholes, right? Mm-hmm. And like, that's not necessarily, I've learned that that's not necessarily true. Um, I'm not going to name who is. Dude, I, yeah. I think anybody, if you catch them at the right time, is going to be an asshole. So, right, but yeah. I think there's some people who probably definitely are assholes 100% of the time. But, yeah, I, I don't believe in stereotypes. Right, yeah. It, it, especially not with, like, oh, they're celebrities, so they're assholes. I just don't, like... Eh, it's, yeah, whatever. for real. Like, a, a lot of them have learned how... They might be assholes on the inside, but a lot of them have learned how to put on a fake smile because they're fucking celebrities. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. I, I've never been turned, like, down from talking to someone before. So, um, what's my point being? Oh, Chris Evans. Yeah, right. <laughs> Jesus. So, uh, so yeah, I'm not gonna name who's who was assholes or not, but trust me, there has been a few. But um, yeah. So like the other day, man, I get to work, and I'm always interested in like checking out what the board is, especially if I don't have a segment, because I never know who's gonna be there. And and uh, I look and I see Chris Evans because he was there promoting uh, Lobby Hero, which is like a Broadway play right now, and. Uh, and his co-star is Michael Sarah, and I was like, man, I I wish I got to meet Michael Sarah because that dude just seems awkward as fucking person. But um, but yeah. but yeah, so I'm like, oh shit, I'm gonna meet Chris Evans. So the whole morning, I'm like sweating my fucking ass off, dude. I'm like, yo, Chris Evans, and everyone's like, oh, get a picture, and I'm like, I don't really do that because it's not really, I don't, I just don't consider it professional, and I'm trying to make a name for myself, so I'm not trying to be that guy that seems like he's only there because he's fucking can take pictures with celebrities so um anyway i'm this is long-winded as fuck so he shows up <laughs> and i hope no one ever like listens to this because like spilling this dirt but like, he shows, <laughs> <laughs> this is like ruined my career joe so he, sh- <laughs> he shows up in the like he's got like a group of like 10 women with him right and i don't know if they were I don't know if one was his publicist or his manager or not or who they were, but it was like it was a sizable amount of people and they were like all women. And he's got the fucking mustache and he's like, man, he's a good looking dude in person. I will tell you that. That mustache is legit. <laughs> and he just like he just like he sits down in our green room and he's just like slumped, dude. Like I'm talking like his neck is almost like on the back of the like in the middle of the back. Like he's like laying down, right? And I'm like, yo, what the fuck? So like, I go in there and I'm like, hey, does anyone want coffee? And he's like, no. And he seems like pretty sweet. So we get him on the show. He comes on the show and and I sit. <laughs> we sit him down. And I'm like the person that has to adjust the microphones and shit. And I'm like, I, I try to adjust the microphone to him, but he's slot like he's like slumped down in the seat. And uh, and I'm like. I'm about to have to tell Chris Evans that he's got to sit up, dog. <laughs> like, I'm about to have to tell Chris Evans. <laughs> because, like, the mic is not going to reach him. Cap? Posture? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, D- 
dude, like, oh, I'd be like pacing right in front of the door. Like, I'm about to go in there and tell Chris Evans what to do. Like, I can't believe this. And uh, and uh, and we're like, yo, you have to put your headphones on because like you have to hear cues from us for for commercials and stuff. And he's like, won't do it. And he wasn't like in a dickish way, but he was like, I don't know, like almost like he really did not give a fuck, right? Like he was like totally like a punk. And I don't mean that in like a punk, like a like a like a little little shitty, like a little shithead way. But he was just kind of like a punk where he was like, oh, I don't give a fuck. I'm here. I'm going to do this interview. I'm going to leave, right? Which is like not what I expected Captain America to be like <laughs> whatsoever, right? Like, like, I thought he was going to come up to me and shake my hand and be like, hello, son, would you like to take a picture? Like, like I thought it was just going to be straightforward, like, Captain America. So I'm just kind of like, oh, wow, this is weird. But he was totally a nice dude. So we do the show, and he's like, he's great. He's answering the questions well. He, he's really good at public speaking. I'm sure he's got the shit down after working fucking Disney and Marvel. And uh, so we're a live show. And we go, we cut to commercial break and he goes to, to, I guess he went to turn off his microphone, which is like a no, no, because we handle that on the other side of the board. And in doing that, he actually turned the microphone on and spoke over the commercials and was cussing. So on live radio uh, in the middle of the afternoon and we're like, we're not expecting it. Right. So, so when the commercials come on, we kind of like take our headphones off. Cause we're kind of like, you know, just, just recollecting with each other and like trying to get our shit together because we don't expect to have to have them on. And I don't know if he said something along the lines of like, holy shit or holy fuck. But I know there was a holy in there, and we all just kind of look at each other <laughs> because like, we were totally not expecting, right? And, and and the sound engineer like jumps on. He's like, "Don't press the button! Don't press the button! Don't press the button! Don't press the button!" And Chris Evans, of course, doesn't have his fucking headphones on, so he doesn't know what the fuck we're saying to him, right? Because <laughs> he refused to put the headphones on, and he's looking at us like he's turned. His back was to our to our window, so he's like turned around. He's looking at us, and he's just cracking up, and he's saying something, and he just keeps talking to us, and we're all like, all of us have our hands in there, like. Dog, we don't know what the fuck you're saying to us right now, but you just cussed on live radio <laughs> over the <laughs> commercials. And uh, yeah, I I don't know if he got embarrassed or what. And I don't know if he realized what he was doing, but yeah, he got like really kind of quiet after that. And he, he seems like a totally nice dude, but man, that's the first time we've ever had someone cuss on air. And it was over the <laughs> it was over the commercials. <laughs> So it was great, man. I mean, look, he seems like a nice dude. I'm not shit talking him, but it was it was it was really fucking funny to see, especially with the fact that it's like Captain America is cursing right. on live radio right now. I'm breaking the rules. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great, man. That's awesome, so, man. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man. I have a Captain American story to tell for the for the for the rest of my life. So. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I froze up, man. I didn't really. Uh, he, him, and Andrew Garfield are the only people I've frozen up around, just because I'm such big fans and they're, they're so Im- important. Because so, the Social Network is like my favorite movie, so I'm a big fucking Andrew Garfield fan. Those are the only people I've frozen up around. But yeah, I, I froze up fucking hard. 
man, I didn't talk to Chris Evans at all. I like, kind of mumbled to him a few times, but <laughs> that's pretty yeah. cool, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be a yeah. wild fucking gig getting to meet fucking celebrities like that. Yeah, it, I mean, it's cool. Like I said, uh, it's kind of just a day to, like, you know, I'm not getting paid. I kind of just volunteer, but it's really interesting, man. I get to see a decent amount of people. Yeah, no, so. it sounds really interesting. Yeah, it it's cool. Yeah, are you there? Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. Or is there, is our okay. connection getting funky again? No, I think you just I don't know what just happened. What were we about to say? <laughs> Nothing. I don't know. Dude. I don't know anymore. <laughs> I don't fucking know anymore, dude. <laughs> uh, well, we can walk towards wrapping it up anyway. <laughs> okay. Okay, that's fine. I I've been drinking. I listen, the draft was like I said the draft was tonight. I was celebrating all day, so it's been a very long day for me. <laughs> now I have to finish my fucking thesis. So Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dude. Hey, I appreciate you taking the time out when you should have been working on your thesis. <laughs> yeah, no problem, man. <laughs> it's all good, man. I love making bad decisions, and it was fun to talk to you, dude. Awesome. Yeah, dude, this was a blast. Uh, thank you all very much for listening. Until next time, this has been StartCast. If you have any questions or comments on what you just heard, you can email me at startcastpod at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at the Tubby Ninja. Or you can check out my Facebook page at facebook.com slash startcastpod. Thank you very much for listening. Hey, I'd like to take a moment to ask you all a big favor. If you enjoy listening to Startcast, please log on to iTunes and leave me a review. It uh, really helps with visibility for the show, and um, I would super appreciate it. If you're not a fan and you want to be honest and tell me how much my show sucks, go ahead and leave me a one of those too.